0: Hello ladies and gentlemen to the first episode of Chalk It Up, an MLB and NFL podcast. Glad to have you join us as we have a killer episode ahead for you guys. Today's topics include the San Francisco 49ers, the trades that went down last week regarding the NFL draft, winners and losers for the offensive line this season, and the main event, our MLB predictions. But before we get into it, I wanted to get the introductions out of the way. This beautiful voice belongs to Steven. Hello, everybody. I've been a baseball fan since 2006 and an NFL fan since 2015. Thanks for uh, handing it off there, Steven.
1: My name's Charles. A good old-fashioned boy from uh, sunny California, living here in the Bay Area with the boys. Uh, just glad to be here. Uh, just hanging out, drinking a brew. Nothing like it. Uh, drinking a Brooklyn Lager. You know, we had this in New York. It's One of my favorites. Just like uh, Steven said, he's been a fan since 2006. I mean, roughly been the same fan for the Dodgers around, you know, was born. One of the best things about me is that I'm an Irish fan. Go Irish.
2: All right. Uh, Thank you, Charles. Thank you for introducing yourself. What's up, guys? My name is Dario. Uh, You guys can call me Lonnie. The reason for that might come up later in the show. Um, I've been a Bay Area sports fan ever since I was just a little calculator. (laughs) And I'm here with you guys to bring a little coverage on the Niners, bring a little coverage on, you know, some of the teams around Major League Baseball, and uh, I hope we get to know each other very well. Today I'm going to be drinking the Elysian Space Dust IPA. It's pretty good. Uh, It's pretty good. Hopefully it gets us through this show. A little calm the nerves from the first episode we record, and I'm just going to get us started here talking about the 49ers and some of the moves they've done in the past couple of weeks. The first one that we're going to talk about is probably one of the big ones from the 2019 and the 2020 season was uh, shoring up the offensive line. And that started off with the Trent Williams uh, six-year $138 million deal. It comes with a $30.1 million signing bonus spread out over those six years, covers his ages 33 through 38 seasons. And there's an opt-out for it uh, after the 2024 season, which is, if my math is correct, after his age 36 season. Trent Williams uh, has been one of the best left tackles in the NFL. He went through that, that stuff with the cancerous growth on his head, that the uh, R-words, they handled that situation uh, pretty poorly, I feel. Charles, uh, what what are, you, what are your thoughts on Trent Williams? Yeah, man, I mean,
1: you, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, he definitely is one of the best left tackles. I mean, aside from Andrew Whitworth, who came from the uh, Bengals to go protect Jared Goff and, well, fortunately enough to protect Matt Stafford now. I mean, he's one of the best left tackles in the game. And it's, I mean, that's one hell of a, of a contract. Absolutely. That he signed. absolutely. He had to be a little bit petty. He had to be a little bit petty with that extra $1,000 uh, just to be a, <laughs> paid more than David Bakhtiari from the yeah, NBA Packers. Absolutely. I mean,
2: he earned every penny as well. Uh, over over his, his, what, 10, 11-year uh, NFL career, he's definitely, he's ranked up there, you know. If not the best, they're definitely in the top three.
1: And for a steal, honestly, because uh, you guys traded him for Keith Ismael. Mm-hmm. he hasn't even played a down in Washington yet. So for a seventy fourth pick and a guy who hasn't played, I mean, that's yeah, that's I mean, been and it just
2: just his physicality too. And when you get him out in the open field, he he just demolishes people. He's just not only is he great in the pass protecting game. I mean, that's gonna help Garoppolo avoid injury hopefully, and he's hopefully gonna show out. Um, But in the running game as well, which is a huge component of the Kyle Shanahan offense. So, yeah, Trent Williams uh, has been one of the best, if not the best, left tackle in the National Football League over this past decade. But is it worth it? As we said before, this contract covers his ages 33 through 38 seasons. And he said so himself that he wants to continue playing at a high level for a very long time to come, at least six years, which conveniently is how long this uh, deal is. Uh, Charles, what do you think about the kind of long term durability? Uh, that you mentioned, like, uh, players like Andrew Whitworth have. Um, we mentioned David Bakhtiari before. Is Do you think Trent Williams is one of those guys who is worth this kind of money over uh, considering his age?
1: I mean, it's tough to tell right now, obviously. I mean, uh, he came off of uh, injury, injury alert reserve from uh, Washington, and then came over in the trade. He did have some, you know, off-field issues where he was suspended in 2014. Um, and he has had some other issues as far as injury goes. But, I mean, as far as durability goes, I mean, with the with the way technology and the way uh, rehabilitation works, I mean, look at, you could even start looking at, like, uh, how Joe Thomas uh, pretty much escaped, what, like a 10-year career without an injury until his last year where he uh, broke his arm. Yeah,
2: absolutely, absolutely.
1: If they th- I mean, if John Lynch thinks that he is worth that much money, then I, I kind of have to go with it, you
2: know? Yeah, that is true. That is true. And um, another thing that I do want to mention about the John Lynch, uh, Kyle Shanahan regime is they're not afraid uh, to pay guys what they think they're worth. Now, at the at the beginning of the 49ers' tenure with Lynch and Shanahan, they paid out, you know, huge contracts to Malcolm Smith. They paid out huge contracts to Kyle check in 2018. You know, Jarek McKinnon, who didn't end up working out for them. So there is, you know, this little bit of concern uh, about Trent Williams uh, in the long term. But short term, I definitely think that this is this is a big win for the 49ers. This is one of the best players in the NFL available this year. Uh, Trent Williams, he, you know, flirted a little with the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you know, took their money, their dinner money, and he took it back to the 49ers. And he said, look, let's let's get a deal done. (laughs) Came
1: a tax write off.
2: I know. The next big, big signing that the 49ers had was, of course, at the center position. Alex Mack signed a three-year, $14.85 million deal. He's already getting pretty up there. He's well-seasoned, you can say. This is going to cover his ages 36 through 38 seasons. Uh, He says he's going to try to take it year by year. Uh, This is shown by the fact that this has an opt-out after 2021, and, you know, in, in short, this is a move where the Niners get the veteran center that they so desperately needed in the Shanahan system. What role that the, that the center plays in the Kyle Shanahan system is he calls all the pass protections, uh, what kind of run blocking scheme they're going to call. And of course, as you know, uh, Alex Mack, he was the starting center on the 2016 uh, Falcons team, which you guys, uh, we saw that game together. Uh, we saw it live. We weren't there in person, but you know, the presence of mind was there, and this is, this is a very interesting move for the 49ers because while Mack is still can be, con- can be seen as one of the uh, top centers in the National Football League, he's getting up there in age, and his production has started to kind of show that. Charles, uh, you know, going back to you for a second, you're the kind of offensive line guru between the three of us. What do you think about Alex Mack? What do you think about his long-term production? How how does that look for for this this athletic center that we just signed? Yeah,
1: I mean, over the over the past couple of years, he's definitely been one of the best producing centers, and along the lines of the Pouncey brothers and uh, a couple guys in the East Coast. David Andrews is one of the best centers. Ted Karras is one of the best centers, and uh, we'll be talking about them later. But I mean, Alex Mack, yeah, uh, like like how you said. Um, Adding that kind of veteran support, that experience—I mean, these guys that went to a Super Bowl. They did lose. Absolutely. Yeah, they. <laughs> you know, yeah,
2: like, it's it's tough, but I. Mean, you know, maybe uh, two losses make a win. Who knows?
1: Yeah, it, it's tough, but I mean, when you play for a high caliber quarterback like Matty Ice for so long and do it at such a high caliber, I think. Uh, sure. I think you're gonna get it. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a good pick.
2: Yeah, definitely. And it's, you know, it's not too, it's not like the Trent Williams uh, six-year deal either. It's only three years opt out, as we said, after this upcoming season. Um, And, you know, this definitely takes care of the big uh, Weston-Richburg problem that the 49ers had at center. Uh, Prior to his injury in 2019, they were rolling, you know, Uh, you know, just steamrolling teams left and right. And you saw in the late 2019 season and into the into the playoffs you saw a much diminished uh, offensive line you saw it kind of uh some can say it cost the 49ers in the Super Bowl uh Jimmy Garoppolo was under under pressure all night long the offensive line they what they weren't keeping the defenders hands engaged so they kept you know batting balls all over the place um so you know this these two moves by themselves they definitely point to a much stronger much improved offensive line but, you know, given Alex Mack's age, given, you know, how many years he signed for, do either you guys think that the 49ers might think about drafting a center? Uh, maybe in the middle to late rounds of the draft, somebody that they can kind of develop under Alex Mack? Well, what do you guys think?
1: It's tough, dude, because, uh, you know, as some of you may know, I did put in my intro that I'm an Irish fan, but I also do watch a lot of college football just to kind of keep up and kind of present okay. myself with some knowledge as far as the offensive line goes. There's a lot. There's definitely a lot of good talent yeah, right now. Definitely, but it's kind of tough because you can you can get a lot of good guys right now in, in trades or free agency going into next season, as well as I mean, what free agency's free agency trade deadline is ending the twenty third, yeah. and then you have the waivers, of course. So, I mean, Alex Mack is one hell of a Offensive lineman, and uh, he had a chance to learn with Clay Matthews' father. I think it's Clay Matthews Sr. Uh, who okay, who was remember. one of the like best it. Ironmen. Yeah, one of the best Ironmen to play for the then Houston Oilers, um and played with them for two years. Once they became the okay, the yeah.
2: So he has a so. lot of experience. Definitely, he has. He's a. You can say he's a student of the game. Uh, he's been around a lot of a lot of great offensive minds. Uh, in his career, um, but overall, uh, the 49ers, they they improved one of the biggest question marks that they had, um, exiting the 2020 season, heading into the 2021 offseason. Um, the next big thing that they really wanted to take care of is shoring up the defense. Um, they re-signed most of their starting secondary. They have Emmanuel Mosley back, uh, Kwan Williams, Jason Verrett, uh, Joukowsky Tard at safety. They have them all back um obviously Richard Sherman uh he he has priced himself out of San Francisco we'll see where he goes they helped shore up the pass rushing a little bit with the signing of uh I forget his first name but Ibukam Ibukam I probably got that horribly wrong they got him for two years uh they're probably going to be rotating him in with D. Ford at the defensive edge uh yeah defensive end sorry uh, position. Uh, they also restructured D Ford. Um, they you know got a little bit of money back in the cap. You know that's what that's one thing that that's that we've seen in the twenty twenty one off season so far is that there's no such thing as a cap limit. You know teams will figure out a way to get these moves done. So you know they they signed all, most of these guys to a one year deal. Mosley had a two year deal, I believe. Um. So overall, uh, this defense—they they're returning a lot of uh, a lot of people who have a lot of experience in this system, uh, which is very uh, very useful, especially in a transitional kind of year for the defense with Robert Sala uh, leaving for his head coaching gig. Props to him—he yeah, he deserved that. Um, so we'll see how uh, first-year coach Joe Woods—he kind of takes up the mantle here. Uh, we'll see how with having such an experienced defense, how they can kind of keep up the good work that they were doing with sala in the draft i might say they probably get a cornerback or two to kind of help shore up the defense um they still have they still need that kind of big presence on the outside Verette, he did an excellent job coming back from i think like 2 or 3 years of just straight injuries uh you know he's just been working his ass off trying to get back on the field but you know they still need that kind of big kind of shut down corner You know, you can put them on guys like uh, DeAndre Hopkins, D.K. Metcalf, and the Seahawks. So the 49ers, they, you know, they they did a great job bringing back a lot of the quote-unquote veterans on the defensive side. A lot of, you know, defensive back was a very big question mark coming in because they had all these guys, uh, you know, coming in on expiring deals. And, you know, who knew who they were going to sign? But they got mostly everybody back, as we said, besides Richard Sherman. Um the pass rush once again, uh D Ford has been a huge question mark. Uh, you know, he he's had recurring back issues. Um he hasn't been able to play all that much on the field. I think he was only like in one or two games last season. Uh if one of you guys want to correct me on that, you can. And they brought in uh Ibu Cam. Uh they signed him for two years, twelve million dollars, uh just to kind of help spell D Ford. Plus, you know, you gotta remember they're gonna have Nick Bosa back next season, you know, tearing it up doing his thing but you know that doesn't mean that they're done on defense like they still need they still have clear needs at the cornerback position they possibly you know they they possibly want to go with another like edge defender or like an inside defensive lineman Uh, but I'd say most likely with their next available uh, draft pick they want to go cornerback Uh, possibly in the second or third round Uh, there's a lot of good cornerbacks this season and uh, moving on, the last thing we want to cover—it just happened uh, two or three days ago. I think maybe yesterday. I don't know. These days kind of blur together with this uh, pandemic quarantine we got going on. But the Niners have acquired the number three draft pick from the Dolphins, and all they had to give up was their number twelve, uh, 2021 third rounder, and their first rounders for 22 and 23 drafts. Um, huge move. Huge move. Absolutely. Um, This can only mean one thing and that is that the Niners are picking their quarterback of the future You know me personally, I did not did not see this coming at all, you know, just because this this front office has uh, a proven track record of uh, valuing their draft picks Uh, they're more so in the business of stockpiling picks and that way they get a lot of their players and that's worked out well for them, but this time you know, they, uh, these these kinds of drafts, they they don't come along all that often. You, you don't always have uh, four or five top quarterback prospects, you know, right there for the taking. This trade only means one thing. The 49ers are finally picking their quarterback of the future. Uh, in the past, uh, Kyle Shanahan has stated that in the 2017 draft, his first with the Niners, Uh, They didn't even look at Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes or any of these guys that came out of the the top 10 of that draft. And now look where they were earlier in this offseason, you know, uh, searching for a quarterback who can possibly replace the production that Garoppolo has given them up to this point. You know, this move was completely unforeseen. It's a complete bombshell. Uh, Just because uh, this front office with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, they usually uh, have a lot of confidence in their in their uh, player development, in their, uh, in their scouting departments. Um, but on the flip side, this could show that, that uh, this move means that they have a lot of confidence that they might have their guy at the top of the draft. Who could it be? Uh, well, we know for sure that Trevor Lawrence is out. Uh, the Jaguars, they, they even had Urban Meyer come out of retirement just, you know, just to guarantee that they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. Um, so that leaves three quarterbacks in my mind that could possibly be taken at this number three draft pick. It's Justin Fields, uh, Ohio State University, uh, Zach Wilson, BYU, uh, same place that Steve Young came from, so, you know, a little biased. And also you have Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Uh, You know, Steven, you're a huge Carson Wentz fan. You know that uh, that's uh, Trey Lance's school. And each of these uh, three guys, they have just sky-high potential. They're they're all, like, just dual-threat quarterbacks, uh, big arms, Uh, You know, they they can extend plays on the ground, which is something that we just sorely lacking, uh, especially in today's NFL. And, you know, any of these guys paired with Kyle Shanahan, uh, any one of these guys can pop off. And, you know, they they can end up fulfilling their just huge potential that they got. And this this trade, uh, you know, four picks in exchange for just moving up in the draft to number three. uh, This could end up looking like the smartest trade ever in 49ers history. Um, But, you know, as always, time will tell. Uh we don't even know if you know quarterback is the move. Maybe they want Panay Sewell. You know, who knows? Or like Kyle Pitts. But at the end of the day, you just you don't make this like huge trade up to number three if it's not to get uh to make a huge impact move, such as getting a new quarterback. And you know, this this leaves Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy who in the past not even in the past, like just the last couple weeks, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have both stated that, you know, he's the guy that they want to start at, at quarterback. So, you know, this could be a good thing for him. You know, they have him in there for 2021, uh, you know, some healthy competition. They could help drive Garoppolo to have, uh, you know, better performances, you know, day in, day out, hold on to that starting quarterback role. Uh, something that, you know, it's it's funny, you know, it comes full circle for Garoppolo uh, in a sense. Um, because, you know, coming in into the league, he he got drafted as Tom Brady's potential replacement. And what what happened there? Uh, Brady, you know, he he turned it up uh, another level or two, and Garoppolo never got a chance to you know start there. Even though whenever he came in, he you know he was promising, and and a lot of people in Patriots land said that he was the future. And now we're in a similar situation uh, where obviously he hasn't had the same uh, production that Brady did, uh, but he's you know that that incumbent, that guy who's there who needs to be pushed, and you know this this trade for a potential new quarterback, it, it could serve that same purpose that that it did for Brady and just kind of propel him to new heights. And, you know, either way, this this probably wouldn't change what, what the Niners' plan is with this new quarterback if they get him. Uh, Zach Wilson, uh, knock on wood. <laughs> uh, Garoppolo, you know, this, this could work out really well for him. Uh, and then after the 2021 season uh the 49ers could possibly think about trading him uh you know to a possible contender for way higher than his you know trade value is right now. I mean what would you guys what would you guys say it's at right now like uh maybe you could trade him straight up for like a number 3 pick, a number 2 pick. Or not number 2, number 3 uh second round, third round.
0: Yeah, I'm going to touch on that a little a little bit later, but I don't think trading Jimmy G now is the move, especially cuz his value
2: is kind of low. Exactly. Exactly. So that's that's why the 49ers, you know, they're going to keep him in for 2021, have this new guy sitting, you know, in the wings, waiting, you know, learning everything. And, you know, there's there's precedent for something like this. Like we've seen it before with Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith in Kansas City. Kyle Shanahan has stated that this is a really smart way to develop a new quarterback is, you know, have kind of a situation that you had in Kansas City with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. You know, Mahomes coming into the league, you know, he had a lot of question marks. He wasn't like a surefire thing. But then after like a year and a half of sitting behind uh, Alex Smith, he really used that time to learn the ropes and kind of get acclimated to the NFL level, which is something that the 49ers are most likely going to, you know, go down that road. Another thing that I wanted to cover uh, with this trade is how it kind of brings the previous offensive line moves, uh, how it kind of brings them full circle. You know, you have uh, Trent Williams for six years and you have Alex Mack for three years. Well, you know how many more years that Garoppolo could be the starting quarterback in San Francisco? One more year, uh, possibly two more years, depending on how well he does. And, you know, if he, he his, his price becomes too expensive, you know, um, and then once that transition happens, well, you have the offensive line like ready to go, uh, ready to kind of ease in. Uh, Zach Wilson or you know Justin Fields into into the new starting quarterback role you see it all the time in the NFL Uh, you know the teams they rush quarterbacks in and you know with you know just a terrible team around them and they end up tanking their careers Uh, but you know uh, something like that is very unlikely to happen with the kind of team composition that they're going to have when the time comes that the new quarterback steps in and you know that's just from the 49ers' perspective that this is this trade is a win all around in, in conclusion. Garoppolo gets a good competitor behind him. You know, he gets the fire lit under his ass. He starts performing well. Kyle Shanahan finally gets his quarterback of the future, his franchise quarterback. He definitely deserves it uh, after, you know, the kind of quarterback play that he has not been able to receive besides uh, 2019. And... I would like to pass it off to my buddy Stephen here, who has a little bit more to say about this trade, who wants to expound a little more on the other side of this. Uh, Stephen, uh, please take it away. The floor is yours.
0: Yes, thank you, my good sir. That was uh, a lot of information for the San Francisco 49ers right there. I can, uh, I know you didn't say, it, but I can kind of tell you, you're kind
2: of a fan. I don't know. I'm just taking a wild guess there. A little bit. <laughs> Uh, A little bit. I mean, I've definitely kicked up. But, you know, the crazy thing is all these moves, all these moves just happened within the last week or so.
0: Exactly. I remember um, when the news broke. By the time you guys hear this, this would have been maybe like five, six days ago. Us recording this actually happened yesterday. And I remember, oh, my God, it was just, I I woke up and I was like, I can't go back to sleep, you know. So I'm just going to just going to briefly recap this. So San Francisco 49ers, like you said, moved up to three getting the pick from Miami, and they got the number 12 overall pick. They got a first and third in 2022 and a first in 2023. Moments later, Miami traded that number 12 pick and a fourth round pick this year to the Philadelphia Eagles for their sixth overall pick and a fifth rounder this year. Unbelievable. This was actually crazy. There were so many ramifications to this, and uh, let's break it down team by team. So, you guys just heard about the 49ers' perspective of this trade. It's a clear sign that they're taking a quarterback. I don't know. You don't trade... That You don't trade up to number three and draft a tackle or Kyle Pitts, the tight end, or a wide receiver. It's clear that they're either taking the choice of Justin Fields or Trey Lance, and I think both of them are going to hit, especially under Kyle Shanahan's offense. That guy just knows how to get the most out of his quarterbacks and the most out of his players. He's honestly one of my favorite young head coaches. Um, That division actually has pretty good young head coaches, besides like Pete Carroll. (laughs) Absolutely. Um. So I've been hearing, you know, people talking about potential Jimmy G trade rumors, and I th- I say no way. I think that they have to keep Jimmy Garoppolo for this season, so that the rookie quarterback has time to learn the system, and that way Jimmy can hopefully increase yep. his value by showing everyone that he's still a great quarterback when he's healthy, and that those are just you know injuries are injuries. They just happen out of nowhere. You know, he led the Fortnite through to Super Bowl, and I think that trading him after this season when his value is high like you said trade him to like i don't know i'm pretty sure new england would want him you could probably get like a second maybe a first out of him, a conditional second kind of like um yeah you know Cap Newton exactly only
2: has a one-year deal but we don't know
0: uh, new, new england's kind of a, a question mark there um let's see how what they do in the draft but um another little fun fact that i wanted to share is that the arizona cardinals are the only team in the nfc west who still have a first round pick in 2022 I think that's awesome, dude. It it shows that every team in that division yeah. is trying to win now. And it's easily the most competitive division in the NFL. And I can't wait to see how it plays out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, Any one of those teams can have at least eight wins. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And uh,
0: reports came out that there were no trade talks between the 49ers and the Jets. Which leads me to believe that the Jets are moving on from oh. Sam Darnold and most likely... Ta- I'm sorry, I know you want to hear this because you were crossing your fingers. But oof, the, the Jets are going after Zach Wilson. It's I something- think that's just... <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's just clear and obvious. Um, Zach said that it would be a dream come true if the Jets drafted him, and it's going to be hard not to draft this guy after that impressive pro day he had yesterday, or when you guys are listening to this five six days ago. So, what does that leave Sam Donald? I have no idea. The thing is, the market really dried up for him fast, and if if I'm the Jets and Joe Douglas, I don't think I trade Donald now, especially because his value is pretty low considering like everyone kind of has their quarterback. And not to mention that Sam was just three years ago the number three overall pick in the NFL draft. I think what they're going to do and what they should do is they hold on to Sam and for, um, let him show his his stuff in the preseason and then just wait until someone gets hurt. Kind of like when what they did uh, a couple years back with Teddy Bridgewater. They signed Teddy to a very cheap contract and then um, I think Drew Brees went down for the Saints and they were able to flip him for a third round pick. So I think that's exactly what the Jets are going to do with Sam Darnold savvy I like it <laughs> yeah no I, I just it just makes more sense because I, I think if you trade Sam now you get probably a fourth or a fifth you, you like you, you're really selling him at, a, at such a low cost that's true plus he has you know the Adam Gase uh, stink on him still <laughs> yeah he's he, you know he his third year was really a step back but he you all he also gets that little excuse of well he was under Adam Gase I mean look at Ryan Tannehill now, yeah, exactly. you know, with the Tennessee Titans perennial playoff contender absolutely yeah And uh, next, we're going to talk about the circus show that is the Philadelphia Eagles. And you know what? (laughs) I actually really like this move for them. So reports came out that they were interested in trading up for Zach Wilson. But as we know now that the Jets weren't budging at all. So it's most likely that the top four quarterbacks are not going to be at number six. So it only makes sense for them to trade back and get more capital for next year's draft. And I like this because Philadelphia was... They looked in the mirror and they were honest with themselves. You know what? We're not going to even though the division is kind of like wide open in the nfc least they're not going to win especially with the roster they have now their roster got really old really fast and they're just accepting that they're going to a rebuild phase and you know what it was worth it they got a super bowl out of it i'll take that any day of the oh, week he, no kidding man two twice on sundays you already know <laughs> and um if carson wentz plays 75 percent of the Colts' snaps this season then the eagles will have three first round picks in next year's draft and not only that, the number 12 pick is not a bad spot. You can still get someone that's pretty talented there. Or you, you can take a little bit more of an interesting route, maybe trade down again. Maybe someone yeah, wants to go up to 12. But you know what? I, we don't, I don't know how that front office mm-hmm. thinks. and We'll just see which direction they choose to go to. And now the final team I wanted to talk about was the team that made me the most money off my bets last season. It was the Miami Dolphins in Oh my god, have they turned it around since the offensive guru, Adam Gase, left the franchise. Go Fins. (laughs) Do you guys remember after week one of the 2019 season when people were saying that the Dolphins were on pace to be one of the worst football teams of all time? Players called their agents and they pretty much said, get me out of Miami. During that season, they traded away some key players, Mika Fitzpatrick, Kenyon Drake, Ryan Tannehill, and Laramie Tunsil. By the way, they were able to turn Laramie Tunsil into four four first round picks, and a third. That's insane. But you know, one of the players that didn't want to leave was Xavier Howard, who had a monster year in 2020, leading the league in interceptions and pass deflections. Other notable Dolphins last season included Mike Kasecki, who is a pretty solid tight end. Devontae Parker, who's a great weapon when healthy. Miles Gaskin and Salvan Ahmed are a pretty solid running back duo. Jerome Baker, good linebacker and jason saunders had an amazing year that's it. he was dude that guy was automatic and he got and he got paid handsomely for it but if there's one guy i want to give a major shout out to that's my guy brian flores the head coach for the miami oh, Dolphins.
2: my god the only one in brain bill belichick's coaching tree to actually be worth a damn exactly he quickly became one
0: of my favorite head coaches in the nfl instead of trying to be bill belichick like other disciples of bill i'm looking at you mr matt patricia he tries to be Brian <laughs> be Flores. <laughs> yeah no he tries to be brian he tries to be himself he's not a hard yeah. ass for the sake of being a hard That's ass important. you know he gets his players to buy into the culture even after a 5-11 season in 2019 if you guys haven't seen it i recommend watching brian flores trying to fight everyone when the Bengals took a uh, cheap shot on a punt return late in the 2020 season Dude came storming from the sidelines wanting all the smoke, and that's how you win your locker room over. A coach who's willing to fight for me and beat someone's ass is a guy I'm willing to die for. You know, I want to play for you. Going into of the offseason, the news surrounding the Dolphins and the number three pick was just around the quarterback situation. You get these questions all the time. Is so and so the answer long term? And Some people were ready to move off of Tua of vailoa so fast. But it's like, do you guys not remember hashtag tank for Tua? Yep. Like, was that not a huge thing that you guys went through in 2019? And it was plus, like just yesterday. Yeah, exactly. And plus, like, they went 10-6 and 6 last season, only missing the playoffs by one game. Now, sure, Ryan Fitzpatrick was the better quarterback last season. But that doesn't mean that Tua's not the guy. Like, the dude didn't even get a full season to play. And he didn't... Okay, it was a rookie season, and he had no preseason. Yeah, no training camp either. Yeah, exactly. So... I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of the moves that they made. They're pretty much playing Madden at this point, right? Yeah, Love it. Sounds playing with
2: house money. Let's do it.
0: Yeah. So, assuming that four quarterbacks go in the top five, and so, okay, so let's say Jacksonville gets a quarterback, Jets get a quarterback, Niners get a quarterback. That number four pick with Atlanta, I don't know what they're going to do, but that has to be a quarterback. Because, I mean, I feel like they don't really need offense. I mean, you can uh, chime in, Charles. I feel like their offensive line isn't that much of an issue or a big concern, I think Atlanta can actually favor for maybe trading down to a team that wants to jump up, get maybe Trey Lance or Justin Fields, whoever, you know, stays there. But assuming that four quarterbacks go in the first four picks and that Cincinnati, they better draft Panay Sewell because they got to protect Joe Burrow. They need it. Yeah, exactly. That leaves the Dolphins with their pick at Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, Jalen Waddle, and Devontae Smith. They, they they can just pick.
1: Lightning in a bottle, dude. Exactly. Like
0: and like just gi- giving weapons for Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Now, Miami now has two firsts, two seconds, and a third in this year's draft. First, a second, and two thirds in next year's draft. Two firsts, a second, and a third in 2023. Wow. Crazy guys, man. Dude, Miami has all the ammo to build a championship caliber team, and I'm very excited to see what this team does in the near future.
1: And that's crazy, cause I mean, uh, even coming off of that, that that goes into like what they can do as far as offensive line, defensive line, and the trade, and the trade blocks, waiver
0: wire. I mean, exactly. oh, exactly. And, and if like people still have concerns about Tua, you can just package that up. Go get a Deshaun Watson. Go exactly. get a Go get a Russell Wilson. They they can really do anything they want with this draft capital. And I think they're they're gonna be like the big team to watch for in the next coming years. You know, because how quick of a turnaround? That's how you successfully rebuild.
2: Yeah, especially with uh, you know, in this new like pandemic, uh, kind of cap situation that a lot of teams are dealing with, you know, less revenues, uh, less money to pay the players, uh, that doesn't really get fixed until twenty twenty three, and with having all these uh, draft picks, it really seems like the like the Miami Dolphins are putting themselves in a position to, um, kind of have a lot of like cap flexibility with all these you know draft picks. They can make trades. They can draft you know players to put play into their team. I like that. I like that. Yeah, real, real
0: good culture there too. I gotta, I gotta give major props to that. You know what? If I am a Miami Dolphins fan, I am thinking the Houston Texans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely excited. Because dude, the, excited that three pick was was literally Houston's, and they traded away for Laramie Tunsil So good job, Houston. Thank you. Great job. Um,
2: you know, thank you, Houston. <laughs> thank you,
1: Houston. Yeah. Picking up from where you guys talked about, I mean, uh, Dario did uh, put into play that I am the offensive line. Guru, I don't speak to them like I would a horse. But, I mean, uh, you know, some winners and losers for the free agency is pretty big this year, especially considering, you know, you had people like Joe Tooney going to the Chiefs on a five-year contract, which, I mean, Joe Tooney is arguably the best offensive lineman outside of Trent Williams right now. Um Heading into free agency, I mean enough to the way that they, the Patriots are really thinking about franchise tagging him a second time, which is like eighteen million dollars. Crazy, it's crazy. They really contemplated it, but I, I, you know, funny enough, I mean the Patriots are actually one of my winners for this season in a free agency uh, with the signing of Ted Karras back from uh, Miami and David Andrews back again. So I mean they kind of solved their problems at the guard position with Ted Karras coming back from. Uh, Miami. I mean, he the guy played all 16 games last season, and he didn't miss a step. You know, it's great. Uh, David Andrews as well, I mean, they, they re-signed him. I mean, he played 12 games, started 12 games. He had a couple injuries here and there. Um, but I mean, God, the Patriots were terrible without him in 2019, and you can definitely show it, and Tom Brady will tell you why. He only had two sacks allowed this past season. I mean, that's tremendously great. Um, and he only had one penalty. It's, I think that's one of the best things about offensive lineman is being able to use your hands and sometimes, you know, get a little dirty, get a little get a little way with it. Speaking about getting dirty, uh Trent Williams, like we talked about earlier, I mean Trent Williams is definitely one of the the W's um I think that any team had taken this season. Especially like we, we had said, Alex Mack, Trent Williams. Uh, that's a great pickup, especially with what you guys have going on the right side with uh Mike McGlinchey and then you guys are finally having some experience up front.
2: I mean, Very I smart composition on the O-line, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is your guys' pretty much time to shine, I guess. Uh, especially coming back with Jimmy G. You guys are going to draft a quarterback. I think it's a good... I would guess it's, it's putting him in the best position possible to actually grow. I, I can't wait to see what the 49ers do with what they picked up in free agency as far as the offensive line goes. And, you know, another winner. And I am a little biased, but of course, uh, I'm hoping for better things for this team. The Chargers. The Chargers are, you know, obviously the That's third. Fair. Fair. Yeah. They're the third L.A. team. And I can't I can't take it away from them. San Diego sucks. I'm sorry, San Diego fans. I love you guys. Um, but, I mean, oh, the Chargers. San Diego the <laughs> city, though? Badass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Corey Lindsay got signed to a five-year deal. I mean, the center, he's amazing. The guy started 13 games. Played in 13 games. Only allowed one sack and no penalties. It's crazy. I mean, no penalties at a center position is, is almost a godsend, especially playing 13 games. And only allowing one sack is amazing as well. Matt Filer being a right tackle, I mean, they kind of cleared off that, that space that they were missing with uh, Trey Turner as well as Brian Beluga is going to come back too. I mean, Brian Beluga didn't produce as much as we thought we would this season. So, I mean, adding this composition, adding a little bit more depth is great. I mean, Ode Abushi for a, a one-year at the left tackle is going to be amazing as well. But, uh, I mean, pretty much all the only thing that the Chargers are adding are about three sacks and two penalties. The Chargers are probably one of the best uh, office in line free agency pickup groups because they did pick up three. They got a pretty good deal on and on, on out of them. Uh, Corey Lindsley is still young, so they're going to get a lot of production, especially at the center position. Like we said, yeah, Trent Williams. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, and, you know, you got to protect your, your, you know, your great young quarterback, Justin Herbert. You know, you got... Three straight great quarterbacks there, in 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 uh, I was gonna say San Diego, but I know it's Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, you know, and offensive line is really important, especially for a young quarterback like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be wrong with calling it San Diego. Of course, they say that's yeah, alright. Yeah. I think
2: I mean, some people still call them San Diego. Yeah, I mean,
1: they are the yeah, pretty much the San Diego Superchargers. My uncle would tell you that ten days out of the okay. week, it's only seven. Um, the last winner, which I think probably the best winner. Uh, funny enough, is Carolina. Ooh. Carolina, uh, Carolina had an issue there last season, especially with the quarterback uh, position. Um, you know, Going into this season, they were really doubtful on bringing back Teddy Bridgewater. They did have uh, the XFL player, Walker, uh, come and play a game. I mean, he didn't do bad. I mean, he did do great. But, of course, there's a transition there, and the guy hadn't played, I think, A year or two since he got out of college so I mean pretty much what Matt Rule is kind of trying to pick it up is pick up as many offensive linemen good offensive linemen for maybe two three years which is what we're looking at from Pat Elflin uh, guard for three years Cam Irving Cam Irving was part of the the team that actually won the the BCS National Championship title with uh Jameis Winston Funny enough, uh, with Jimbo, Jimbo, Jimbo wow. Fisher, Jimbo Fisher, at Florida State. The yeah, last, Jimbo. that's actually the last, Seriously? the last BCS national championship title before they changed to a College Football Playoff. Now, Damn. the hardest part was trying to find the biggest The biggest losers. Loser. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest losers um, it's tough, man. I mean, a lot of teams had a, a lot of bad picks, a lot of bad free agency. Um, Probably the worst, uh, and and I will say this. I mean, the Raiders, the Raiders had it tough, man. They had it tough. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, was it
2: Raiders? <laughs> the
1: black hole, man. There, it's tough being in Vegas and not, no fans and whatnot. But was it Mark Davis, uh, Al Davis's son, the owner? You know, he wanted to keep Al Davis's trendy Raiders attitude, but the yeah, problem man. is, you know, trying to keep the Raiders attitude is. Working up front, you know, Trent Brown was one of the best left tackles as well, too. I mean, quietly, I think he was one of the best left tackles. And they decided to trade him. So, I I mean, that's one of the big mistakes I think the Raiders are making. And especially with Trent Brown being still young and going for, I think, a three-year deal. They released Richie Incognito and Gabe Jackson, but they did recently re-sign Richie Incognito. (laughs) Um, I feel like they, they felt bad because he did get injured mid season. So, he only played two games and had to sit out the rest of the season. Richie Incognito is one, one uh, excuse my language, a badass guy, dude. I mean,
0: it's... Well, he's also got a badass name. I love saying his name. Richie, Richie Incognito. Incognito. Um, Incognito.
2: He did
1: have a, a couple mix-ups. Uh, he he was, you know, suspended for the whole 2014 season uh, in Miami. for <laughs>
2: bullying someone...
1: But you know what, <laughs> Jonathan, yeah, like, I mean, all... we
2: had him. So what does that say about us? But continue. Yeah.
1: I mean, all, all jokes aside, all all, all issues aside, mm-hmm. I mean, he's still a great athlete on the field. I mean, if you guys seen that neck, he has none. All right. He's
2: big. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> for the Raiders, at, at the end of the day, it kind of feels like they had like already a bad offensive line and it kind of got worse in a sense, you know?
1: Yeah, it it kind of did. I mean, it, it sucks because, yeah, like I said, he, they're the last. They're the last ones, and it's tough to put them in a in a better spot. You know what I mean?
0: Wait, last as in number five worst or, like, worst worst? They're probably the worst worst. Worst worst? Right. Yeah.
1: And that's just saying free agency if we're talking about the worst offensive line. no, oh, like in general? I, I am so sorry, but... Man, Philadelphia, you guys oh, dude. you guys really jacked up Carson Wentz, and I feel real bad. Oh yeah. I dude. feel real bad. I mean Carson Wentz wasn't the problem. It sucks it sucks, man. I dude 50-50 sacks allowed last season. The most... I'm just gonna
0: take a wild stab. Second worst is probably like Houston or something, right? Second worst? Is Houston maybe maybe even throw up, maybe even throw up Seattle. Seattle was forty seven. Yeah, there you go. I'm just thinking about quarterbacks that just run for their lives.
1: It sucks, man. I mean, it, think about how amazing Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson would have been if they just had an offensive line that would have kept them to something like twenty, like how Green Bay did, even without David Bakhtiari. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous how how much offensive linemen make a difference on how well a team can do and how long uh, an off- a quarterback can even oh, last. yeah, man.
0: Offensive line like, one of the most important, like, things to get right when you need a championship team. Am I right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, you know,
2: football games are won and lost in the trenches, be it defensive line or offensive line. If you, know, you guys he, do
0: not know, my guy Chaz over here, Mr. Charles, he was also an offensive lineman, and he is a CIF champion, so... Yeah, he, know, exactly. he, know, Kiss he knows the his ring, stuff. Kiss the ring. He's got the ring. He's got the, Kiss the ring. ring. <laughs> Kiss
1: the ring, yeah. We'll we'll show it out there one time yeah, uh, you know. in, the, in the near future. Just, just for funsies, you know? <laughs>
2: San uh, Dimas High School. Shout out, you know?
1: Shout out to Saints, man. Yeah. Uh, one thing I I'm will want to Still a huge present, modern though. day fan, though. Yeah, still, still. <laughs> uh, one, one thing I do want to bring up... Actually, two things. Uh, I want to congratulate the Jets, honestly. The, the, the Jets have... The Jets have a, a, funnily enough, great offensive line. Makai Beckton was such a great pickup, honestly. I I spent a lot of time with Steven watching the Jets um, this year, especially with uh, Dario in the background. We were talking about it. Um, Makai Beckton is just a mauler. He he is a Raiders attitude, but very controlled. He's got great feet, um, strong arms. He's got mm, average arms. He's not super long, and he's not super sloppy, especially for being, what, a third year? A, a two years is a second year he's right? about to go into the second year yeah, yeah. going into a, a second season. year I mean dude's
0: freaking huge <laughs> he's a monster
1: so I mean uh you know having having somebody like that on the anchor side let's say with sand Arnold or with um Zach Wilson I mean it's being flexible it's being able to shift weight as much as possible and being able to get better at, at the position I mean they have pretty much all the availability.
0: Yeah, it, I just think that for them, they still need to address it. Obviously, um, who do you have? Mackay Beck in there. Um, they need guards. They for sure need guards. That's why I thought they were gonna try to go for um Joe Tooney. But you know he wants to go get a ring in Kansas City, yeah. and who's gonna turn down a, an offer from Kansas City? Like if if you're gonna go to play play for the New York Jets, they need to overpay him, which was not gonna happen. I think the, their second pick is probably gonna be offensive line, at least, you know, that's what I would go for, because once you draft a, a quarterback that high, you need to protect him with all your life. I mean, you saw what happened with yeah. Joe Burrow. You gotta, it's so, address, so tragic.
1: It. You gotta address it. I and, mean, he,
0: and even look at Sam Darnold. He didn't have a good offensive line, and look what happened.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it, it's tough. So, uh, probably the last thing I'll talk talk—I'm um, definitely the last thing I'll talk about, I think is um, I want to say offensive line equity. Uh, being equal with your offensive line and being able to address um the pay the pay gap between you know right and left tackle two of the big names right now and I'll, I'll say this as far as one trade and one free agent i mean the best free agent at left tackle left is is my main man from pittsburgh uh alejandro villanueva 16 games up 16 games down only three sacks allowed four penalties they were arguably the best offensive line in the football league this past oh, season man. and a you big know name. And it sucks because he's left on the board because, of course, Pittsburgh has all this money that's not gonna be available for Alejandro Villanueva. It's not gonna be available for you know Big Ben. You know, it's it's tough because they have to decide whether they're gonna draft a new player, trade for a new player, or they're gonna let Villanueva walk. I mean, the dude's smart. He's got an MBA, and he's able to actually. Save money. He, he's just smart. So I mean, yeah, he's smart. Even, even if
2: it's not football, you know, he's got options. He's got options.
1: Yeah. So, he, and I think he. I mean, it's tough because there's not a big trade for uh for left tackles right now. There's not a big space for left tackles in general um on any team unless you're talking about of course Cincinnati or you're talking about
0: yeah like, just like teams that yeah, have a huge hole like
1: there a huge gap. I think it's tough, but. The last person I would probably talk about, and I think this is going to be a big name. It's going to be a big reason why we talk about offensive line uh, going into the to football season later on this year. Is Orlando Zeus Brown Jr. Zeus, Ooh. what a name! Ooh. His dad, Orlando Zeus Brown Senior, was an absolute mauler for the for the Senior. Baltimore Ravens. Oh. He was a ma- big boy, big mauler. Couldn't even, he's like Jonathan Ogden? Jonathan Ogden couldn't even fit his helmet inside <laughs> his head inside his helmet. It's crazy. But, yeah, I mean, he brought up, you know, this season Ronnie Stanley went out, uh, former Notre Dame guy. We'll say that. Shout out. Um, Shout out. uh, Yeah, but, I mean, he played right tackle. Orlando Zeus Brown came out from Oklahoma, went straight to right tackle for the Baltimore Ravens, and helped, you know, Lamar Jackson rush for an MVP. I mean, that's a different story. I like Lamar Jackson, but that's a different story. Um, different topic for a different show. Different, different day Running for different... You know, we'll talk about that later. But, I mean, the guy in, you know, three years... In the three years he's been with the Baltimore Ravens, he's only sat out six games. He's, he's played 42 out of 48 games, 88% of all games he's played. He yeah. played for Raleigh Stanley because of injury this past season. And in 2,893 uh, snaps, so that's the, the past two seasons... He's only had 11 penalties and 3 in this past season. That's the most because, I mean, he switched from right tackle to left tackle. It's a little bit of a transition. A little, uh, you know, it's definitely a, a different type of blocking. You're going up against people like Nick Bosa, J.J. Watt, you know, people that are going to be lining up on the, weak, on the weak side or the blind side that are just going to try to maul you, bull rush you. I mean, it's tough. The, the, the Aaron Donald's a freak of nature. Imagine going up against that guy. The guy who practices with knives. Dude, the cheat code is Madden. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So I mean, he has a free. He is a free agent for next year, but I mean, this is gonna start addressing the the pay gap that there is between right and left tackle, between you know how much a left tackle should be getting paid versus um, you know a quarterback. I I say sixty percent of what a quarterback make in a year should be what an offensive lineman makes at minimum. Because, I mean, they're just that... I mean, look, look at Trent Williams. Look at David Bakhtiari. Look at all these guys getting these big-name numbers because of how good they are, because of what they do. And that, that's something that we're going to be looking out in the next year or two. Uh, he's going to be a free agent in 2022. So that's something to look out for.
0: Also, I I did want to mention something. So I'm, I'm just thinking about penny Sol, right? And I've heard some Jets people... Talk about oh why don't why don't the Jets just draft Pinate Sewell? And in my mind, you know, because we were just talking about Mikai Becton, right? You know, freak of nature, left tackle, neither of them do not want to switch over to right tackle because there's a huge pay gap, right? Pay gap. Like how, how much do you do you say like it's a
1: it's a three million dollar right now, it's an average of three million dollar pay gap. I'm Pat McAfee brought that up on his podcast and um I had a pleasure of listening to it. Oh,
0: love that guy. Pat yeah. if you're listening to this, I know you're not. Amazing. Love to have you on the show, love to be on the show. <laughs> He's like one of the first two listeners. That's
1: yeah, great. that'd be oh, amazing, random. right? You know, but um that he has the right to address this problem. Mm-hmm. I mean it's a three million dollar pay gap, and like you said, Makai Becton is Makai Becton and he has No one's gonna want to switch over to right. He has seniority now. Yeah, he does. Right? And you're gonna draft Panay really? Sewell. is more of a right tackle, he could even be a guard. But it's 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 being able to convince your agent being able to convince yourself and be able to convince the team it's that just, you I'm, can uh, do it.
0: Yeah, it, I'm just thinking like, dude, you're missing out on so much money if you just switch over to right tackle.
1: And that's yeah, that's 3 million. I mean, let's let's put let's put um, Orlando Zeus Brown Jr, who is mm-hmm. playing on a rookie contract They They optioned him for 4 years. And then let's place him against Trent Williams. Let's even Trent Williams when they signed him for 1 year. Still $3 million difference. They signed him for $18 million, I think, when they signed him for one year with Washington before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. They signed him for $18 million, and Orlando Zeus Brown's contract is, his rookie contract is only worth $5 million. Damn. Like, that's just Crazy, a man. Contract. That's a bargain, yeah. That's crazy.
2: Man. You know, here's a crazy scenario for you. If the Jets take Panay Sewell at number two, um what if there's like an Eli Manning type situation where they trade him away right after for like yet another like first round pick <sighs> See the thing with that
0: is I f- I feel like at that point we're just trying to get too cute with it yeah, right and like <laughs> and the thing is if you're thinking about it from the lens of a Jets uh someone in the front office you're not you're not going to be picked this high again assuming that the team is just going to be a lot better like That's I think true. this is the first time in maybe like, I, I don't know the number, maybe 20, 30 years. It's been a long time since the Jets have been the number two pick without having to trade up. And seeing as, you know, Robert Sala is going to be the coach and it they, they really got that defense to be, they're switching over to a 4 3. They're going to be beasts. They got Quentin Williams, Carl Lawson. That duo is going to be amazing. Well,
1: yeah, 4, four three is what they ran in Tampa mm-hmm. uh, when uh, Tony Junji went in.
0: Amazing. And like the thing he does, he doesn't call a lot of blitz either. or from what I've seen with the Niners, right? So they're just gonna no, get the, they're no, gonna no. get their front four just to go after you. And it's, oh, it's just, I can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's gonna, gonna be. Yeah, it. it's
2: definitely. Yeah, Robert Sala is definitely a, a a step in the right direction for the Jets. mm mm-hmm. So
0: he's a good dude. I remember um, when I would watch uh, Niners games with Daria, The first time I saw uh, Robert Sala, I saw this guy popping up, jumping up and yeah, down, and I, I'm like. Who is that guy? I Animated. want that, I want that guy as my coach. And turns out he did yeah. becoming the Jets. Funny head enough, coach.
2: you know, like a year or two later, Robert Solid to the Jets.
0: Alright, so we are now gonna go into our main event, the MLB predictions. This is a big juicy one. We do this every year. Um oh my god. I actually love doing this, it's so much fun. Yeah, here um, we are, another season, guys. Mr. Mr. Lonnie C is like the two or three time champion he I, is yeah, yeah, he's, he's, know, like, he's, he's won the most perf- I, oh, almost perfect I won my first one last season in the Mickey Mouse uh, the Mickey Mouse season you know the quarantine right, uh, right. but here we very go we're gonna season. so I'm just gonna lay out the how we're gonna do this so we're gonna start with the American League start from the east to the west um, and then go to over the National League east to west and then at the very end we're just gonna we're gonna do like a quick recap we're gonna do their division winners the wild card teams and then we're gonna do postseason which should be very quick quick yep very quick and, um, all right, let's get it started with Mr. Lonnie C covering the American League East.
2: All right, who do you have in last place? All right, so for American League East, what's up, guys? Again, uh, my last place team in the American League East is the Baltimore Orioles. You know, they're still, you know, in the middle of their rebuild, they don't really have anything in the pipeline coming to help just yet. You know, besides guys like uh, Anthony Santander and Ryan Mountcastle. Trey Mancini is finally back after a long battle with cancer. He'll be back and hopefully he'll provide a bit of excitement for those fans, you know. Uh, I forget what kind of uh, cancer it was. Was it like uh what was it like liver cancer or something? No. I can't remember, but shout out to I don't to remember. Guy. But yeah, shout out to Trey Mancini. Great story. You know, they still they're still working through Chris Davis's alba absolute albatross of a contract. Albatross. Oh. Sorry. I don't know. Getting paid millions and millions to hit under 200. Um, but that's for another story. Um, you guys already know that. Like I said before, two guys you want to look out for. Ryan Mountcastle and Anthony Santander. Uh, first baseman and outfielder respectively. If they continue their development, you know, they can turn out to be a big part of the Orioles' next contending team. Uh, you know, whenever that may be. Yeah, you know, last year they they finished in fourth place. One game ahead of the Red Sox. But with the full 162, um, that kind of thing is gonna normalize over over the whole season. So yeah, that is your Baltimore Orioles projection. What to look out for? Fifth place, unfortunately. I really do like their smiling bird hat. I just want to say. The next worst team would be the Boston Red Sox. You know, what is it? 2021. Only three seasons removed from their 2018 World Series championship team. I still remember when we were in Milpitas watching that in the hotel room with Charles. Uh, who was it? Sorry, Mitch
0: Moran who hit that absolute dong? <laughs> it was a
1: rocket. Steven
2: Pierce the it was. Oh, it was Steve Although Pierce. Worldly. It was Steve Pierce in that series. That was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, three years later, they're still clearing payroll. Uh, it kind of feels like they have a little, very little to look forward to for the next couple of seasons as they, as they kind of figure out their next step beyond cling payroll. Uh, they still have a lot of big contracts on that team. You know, they still have guys uh, that can perform. You know, such as Xander Bogarts, Alex Verdugo from Charles's uh, Dodgers a couple years back. Uh, they recently got Hunter Renfro, and hopefully Rafael Devers, still only 24 years old. The third baseman hopes to have a solid bounce-back campaign. Uh, on the pitching side, uh, Chris Sale. Uh, no longer the same world-beating Chris Sale, who was so good at cutting up opposing batters that he took up a side job as a White Sox tailor. <laughs> but he'll still, great.
0: Be,
2: great. he'll still be really good. Thank you. Nathan Eovaldi still in there with the fastball. Uh, not much else. Eduardo Rodriguez is there as a steady presence. Overall, this team is a transitional type team still working off the depths from the 2018 title run but as we said before uh with the philadelphia eagles it doesn't matter as long as you got that ring so while they're still working that off uh, they can kind of think about building the next contender um however you know knowing this team knowing what they've done this past decade uh, i think we can say that you know i we can expect it to be or i guess we wouldn't be really surprised if it was like a quick turnaround From like a 4th and 5th place team all the way back to like, you know, division contenders. Uh, So yeah, that was the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Coming up in 3rd place is a team who's going to be very intriguing to watch in this upcoming season. Uh, The Toronto Blue Jays. They have lots of young talent uh, finally coming of age from their minor league systems. They're going to have a very potent lineup because of it. They have just tremendous firepower. If you just look at their starting lineup, they have guys... Like Vladdy Jr., you guys know Vladdy Jr., uh, Steven especially, having watched uh, Vladdy Sr. on the uh, Anaheim Angels. Yep. Uh, They have Bo Bichette. They have Taylor Scott Hernandez, Rowdy Telez. And they have one of their top prospects, Alejandro Kirk, um, you know, in there in the outfield. Uh, That's going to be a very interesting, interesting team to follow Um, just because, as I said before, they have just great firepower. Um, I think like of of the starting lineup, the guy who's gonna have the least amount of home runs is their catcher, Danny Jensen. Thirteen home runs he's projected to have. If they move back into Toronto, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if everybody surpasses like thirteen home runs. You know, it's they they just have just crazy, crazy firepower. And um, you know, recently Vladdy Jr. he dropped you know a lot of his weight that he had last season. He's moved to first base. Uh, You're gonna see him kind of have. Uh, a lot more quickness at the plate, a um, lot more kind of power, a lot more line drive power. It's going to be it's gonna be very fun to watch for sure if you're into offense. However, on the pitching side, before I continue with the pitching side, special shout out to my boy Joe Panik, Giants legend, 2014 World Series champion. Uh, he's keeping the dream alive now with Toronto. He's going to make the opening day roster. Uh, he's going to come off the bench and he's going to carry them this year. You'll see. Kidding, not kidding. But the biggest question with these guys uh, revolves around their pitching. They have a lot of like untapped potential type guys in their rotation. Uh, you know, after Hyunjin Ryu, who had just a great season last year uh, in his first year away from Los Angeles, you know, he got Cy Young votes. Uh, after him, you know, they got guys like Stephen Matz in there and from the Mets. Uh, they got Robbie Ray from the Diamondbacks. They got Taiwan Walker. Uh, Stephen, they got your boy Matt Shoemaker they've got Tanner Roark in the mix, you know. So they have a lot of guys who have a lot of good stuff. Um they have a lot of guys who kind of have a lot of potential, haven't really been able to live up to it. So it's going to be uh very interesting to watch. Uh you know, I can see the pitching either coming together and pitching, you know, to their potential pitching even above that. And these guys get, you know, make some really Make a lot of noise in the division, or you know, I can see them also being like really awful and like undoing a lot of the work that the offense is projected to do. And this is kind of like the big reason why uh, these guys would be in third place. Their offense is going to do a lot of the work, as I said before, and they're starting pitching. It's it has a lot of question marks. So yeah, that was the Blue Jays uh, coming up in second place. Is gonna be just you know one of the best teams, one of the more surprising teams from last season. The Tampa Bay, formerly known as the Devil Rays, um, they're gonna finish in second place. Their player development and just analytics department is is gonna carry them to yet another playoff berth. Last season they had the American League pennant. The year before that, I think they won they won more than 95 games, something like that. So over the past uh, over the off season, they lost a lot of good pitching. Uh, you know they had the Blake Snell trade. Uh, you know he went to San Diego. Charlie Morton now is with the uh, Atlanta Braves. Um, and then recently, of course, they had the uh, the Nick Anderson elbow injury. He might now need Tommy John surgery. Uh, he's going to be out for you know the entire season. So their main guy now is going to be Tyler Glasnow. If you guys remember in twenty nineteen. Um, We kind of picked up on that he was quote-unquote tipping his pitches in the division series. Guy has nasty stuff, uh, 100-plus on his fastball, crazy crazy drop on his curveball. He's expected to be kind of like the main horse. And then after that, you know, just like the Toronto Blue Jays, they have a lot of, uh, I guess you can say, uh, raw potential. Uh, filling out the rest of their rotation. Because they have guys like uh, Ryan Yarbrough, who's been pretty solid uh, in the past. Uh, they have Rich Hill, you know, Dick Mountain, back there in uh, in Tampa Bay, throwing his uh, signature curveballs. We'll see what they do with him. They have Michael Walker. I don't know if you guys remember in 2013, he was, uh, you know, lighting it up in the playoffs. It's crazy, crazy to watch as a rookie. Um, and, you know, return of the Tampa Bay King, Chris Archer. He's back from the the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh you know this that that Chris Archer trade comes full circle. The Rays got Austin Meadows, they got Tyler Glasnow, and now they have Chris Archer back. I would classify that as a win for the Tampa Bay Rays, uh absolute loss, absolute loss for the Pirates, but that's for another day. That's for something else. That's their starting pitching, uh you know, Nick Anderson uh, as, as far as the uh, relief pitching goes, uh, he was their main guy. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of question marks going forward for the starting pitching. But you know, with their analytics department, the Tampa Bay Rays, they they can possibly get. Like I, I can see, I can see these guys like pitching up a little bit closer to their true potential. And then that's that's how the Rays they they use their pitching as they kind of did last year. They had great pitching last year. Um, you, you know, kind of. Finding guys that are under the radar—that's their main thing. So I can see that working well for them again this year. However, on the other side of the ball, they have you know they have guys like Brandon Lau, they have Randy Arosarena, they have Austin Meadows, Willie Adamas, Manny Margot—all these guys there—they're all part of the great Tampa Bay Rays lineup. Um, they might not you know wow you—they may not pop off the screen. But these guys are the guys that carried them to the World Series last year. And, you know, they have the potential to take a step forward from last year. Uh, they're young. They have the playoff experience. And they have this newfound motivation to improve on a season. You know, I mean, they should have the motivation already, being young guys, you know. They have the motivation to improve on a season, which they runners-up to the world champion Dodgers. I hate to say that. You know, it's... God. But I'm sorry, it
0: happened. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it happened. Um, and, you know, they're ready to prove that last year wasn't a fluke. You know, they want to prove that they're for real. They have Kevin Cash. You know, the, you can say a lot about him, but he's a good manager at the end of the day. Uh, he helped get him there. He made the right moves. And, you know, they, they always need that kind of management at the top. So, yeah, that was the second place Tampa Bay Rays. So that means that only leaves... The New York Yankees taking first place in the American League East. Uh they got second place last year. They returned to the top this year. Um and on on the back of their great lineup. I mean seriously, like like there's no there's nobody on this lineup that, you know, doesn't have like a lot of potential. I think you have to go all the way down to like Miguel and Duhar, uh, to find somebody that has like less than one uh wins above replacement. Like it's crazy. Like these guys are one of the best lineups in Major League baseball and you know it's spearheaded by like guys like Giancarlo Stanton and um and Aaron Judge. Uh you know, hope hopefully Giancarlo Stanton can be uh healthy this year. Uh, in the previous two years I, I don't think he's played more than 23 games uh combined, but the last time he was he was like fully healthy for most of the year, he hit 38 home runs. Um and when he was healthy, he was a big part of their lineup in these past couple of years. Or I guess you can't say healthy, but when he was in the lineup, he was a huge factor in there. Uh Aaron Judge now, he has the new smile going. Uh you know, he's probably feeling great. Uh these guys have the potential to carry the uh, Yankees to another, you know, division title. And if they do, have the same injury that they have had in the previous years, uh you know, like I said, like I mentioned before, uh, Miguel and Duhar has a lot of potential. He's supposed to Supposedly, take the next big step, but they also have a lot of like secondary guys, uh, like Michael Talkman. Uh, they have uh, Ford, who's also uh, pretty solid in there, and of course they have Aaron Hicks playing great defense whenever he's in the lineup. So the big question for them is if you know their starting pitching can stay healthy, is if their starting lineup can stay healthy. After Garrett Cole, they don't have uh, a lot of huge options. You know they they have Luis Severino, who hopefully can. Come back from injury, uh, healthy again. Uh, they, you know, Jameson Tylon, he's in there now. Their relief pitching is, as always, uh, one of the best in the in the American League. You know, they they have Aroldis Chapman in there. They have Darren O'Day apparently. You know, I I didn't know they had Darren O'Day, but apparently they do. <laughs> uh, Zach Britton. They have Justin Wilson. You know, so they they're they're one of the more well-rounded teams in the American League East, or probably in the entire American League. Uh, That's, you know, thanks to, you know, their spending. That's thanks to their great player development. And that's thanks to their great depth. So that's the American League East. Uh, You have the Yankees in first place, the Devil Rays. Sorry, the Rays. I don't know why I said Devil Rays in second place. Uh, We have the Blue Jays in third, the Red Sox in fourth place, and coming in at number five, the Baltimore Orioles.
0: Alright, alright. That was a nice deep dive. I learned a lot myself. But, you know what? We, uh, I felt like you were reading off my notes, dude, because you, oh. you, you were hitting all the points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I did a little bit of reading. Alright, alright. So, here we go. I'm going to give my quick predictions. So, in last place, I have the Baltimore Orioles. I feel like this is an easy last place for this division. That's not saying that I don't think, like, this team's not exciting because they have guys like Trey Mancini like again shout out for kicking cancer's ass I think what testicular cancer right yeah, yeah I think like it was cut. actually
1: testicular cancer
0: um Dario you mentioned it perfectly Anthony Santander and Ryan Mountcastle are gonna be bright spots in that lineup and um maybe they even call out the number two prospect in all of baseball Mr. Adley Rushman who's a power hitting catcher yep. you guys are gonna definitely have to watch out for him the rotation and the bullpen aren't really anything to like you know get excited over they have John Means as their top guy which is like cool I guess and uh, Matt Harvey's in that rotation so if you want to see the Dark Knight hopefully return to form uh, check out the Orioles but yeah they're they're not there yet especially in this division so Orioles fifth place team in fourth place I have the Boston Red Sox now offensively the Red Sox are an amazing team Um, like you were saying Dar, they got uh, Rafael Devers they got J.D. Martinez Andy Bogarts I say Xandy Xander Bogarts, my bad. Xander, and with the uh, with the additions of uh, Kike Hernandez, Hunter Renfro, they they got Marwin Gonzalez, which I think is a nice sneaky pickup, and Frenchie Cordero. I still think that even with all that offensive firepower, it's not going to be enough to carry that pitching. I mean, really, like Nathan Avaldi and Adam Ottavino are like the standout pitchers, but they're still lacking. Actually, I think that. The Red Sox might be a sneaky team to finish around the 500 mark. Um, only because their offense is that good. But um, don't expect anything too crazy out of the Red Sox. I have them finishing in 4th place. Now we're getting into the interesting part of this. The top 3 teams. I also have the Toronto Blue Jays finishing in 3rd. Now, just like the Red Sox offense is not a problem especially with the, the additions of George Springer and Marcus Simeon to go along with the young guys in the lineup like Yeesh. Bo like Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero Jr. that's just it, it's it's going to be an amazing lineup for them um hopefully that Vlad and Bo can just take the the next steps in their development the rotation's actually like low key solid they got Hinchin, Jin Ryu, Robbie Ray, Tanner Roark, Steven Matz and your boy chose Mr. Ross Stripling chicken strip chicken strip um, Nate Pearson is expected to miss opening day, which is unfortunate since he's one of their young, talented guys. But um, he should be back relatively soon, maybe like May. So um, keep an eye out for him. Hopefully, you know, he develops his game once he returns because I do expect some great things from him. Um, but their weakness for sure lies in their bullpen. I expect this team to compete for the second wild card spot, but I think the division is a little bit out of reach for them. Now for the top two teams, I have these two teams fighting it out for the division. And in second place, this is actually a little hard, I have the Tampa Bay Rays. Now say what you want about Kevin Cash and the whole World Series Game 6 decision with Blake Snow. He is still a good manager and he's going to maximize his pitches. They added Michael Walker, Chris Archer, Hunter Strickland, Rich Hill, and Colin McHugh. And uh, they also made major moves in acquiring Luis Patino, a young stud who has an incredible upside for that rotation, and Francisco Mejiaz. I feel like once he gets regular playing time, he's really going to come into his own. They won the division last year, right? The AL East, Tampa Bay. I want to say they did. But um, I think it's going to be really hard to replicate that because the way that their teams ran, they're really heavy on the bullpen, right? And over a 162-game course, using the bullpen like that like the way they did last season is gonna be very taxing. Like you even saw it in the playoffs, right? Um Nick Anderson, they were using him way too much and they um they He's finally got rock, to him. Dude. Yeah, they finally got to him in the World Series. Um they took out uh Blake Snell for Nick Anderson and Mookie Betts just, you know, roped one down the left field line. Right handers, man. Right handers. Yeah. So um I think Tampa Bay is an easy pick for a playoff team. Um I actually wouldn't be surprised if they win the division. And that leaves the first base team might be one of the easier picks although I actually was struggling to lock them in because the more I did research into into this team the more suspect I got but without a doubt the New York Yankees have the best lineup from top to bottom in that division like you said Dario, they got Judge, Stanton, Urshela, Torres just to name a few, Voight, Sanchez hopefully he has a uh, bounce back season and surprisingly I'd say that the weakest um, aspect of the team is their starting pitching which is surprising, knowing that they have Garrett Cole, one mm. of Corey Kluber. Yeah, um, I was actually gonna talk about that a little bit, but Garrett Cole, he's a top three pitcher. You know, I'm not gonna call him the best because I'll, I'll touch on that the best pitcher later. You have Corey Kluber there, who's a, eh, he's coming off of injuries, so that's like a that's a concern yeah, it's been a for couple me. Years. And he's been, ju- been
2: good. Go yeah,
0: so I'm just you know we'll see, we'll see because you're just banking on that he can at least return to form and coming off of injuries. You know, we'll see. And after that...
2: Especially in Yankee Stadium, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, especially. And uh, you got Jamison Tyon, who I actually thought was a very good sneaky pickup for them. I think he's going to be a solid rotation arm. And then you got Jordan Montgomery and Domingo Herman. Luis Severino is expected to return in June, so that's going to make the rotation better. I do expect them to make a move at the deadline to get some starting pitching help. I'm going to actually make a wild prediction and say that they acquire maybe someone like Kevin Gosman from the Giants. Either them or go pick up one of the Rockies' pitches, because uh, uh, we'll we'll, t- we'll talk about the, those pitches later, but they got some expendable arms that are probably going to go at the deadline. So, like you said, Dar, they have a really strong bullpen, especially in the back end with Chapman and uh, Chad Green. The sad thing is that Zach Brin is going to miss a good chunk of the season. He's most likely going to return in June, so that's why I kind of had... um. Some doubts with the Yankees winning the division, but I think that okay. So my prediction is that the Rays are gonna have the lead for most of like the first half of the season, and the second half the Yankees are just gonna take off. So yeah, that's uh that's my I predictions for the American League East.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, and honestly, you guys you guys hit every nail on the head, and I can't I can't can't really say that the AL East is my strong suit because. I hate the Yankees. (laughs) I mean, mean, there's 30 teams, you know. They
2: can't all be your strong suit. Yeah, (laughs) I mean,
1: it's just I I just dislike the Yankees, but I did learn a lot about the the Tampa Bay Rays this past year, especially meeting those guys in the playoffs. And I mean, one hell of a team. I mean, G-Man Choi is actually one of my favorite players. But as far as my uh, standings go, I mean, they're pretty much the same. I mean, last place is going to be the Baltimore Orioles. Of course, like we said, shout-out to Trey Mancini for beating cancer. But I don't see a lot of production going out there. I mean, it's they're really young. They got to get some more experience out there, and we'll, we'll kind of see what they're going to have, you know. And they have Felix Hernandez and Matt Harvey just kind of there to be vets, almost. I mean, the Dark Knight is the Dark Knight, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. I,
0: should, I think he got released. Did he? Felix Hernandez? Yeah, King Felix. He might have, right? Maybe. I
1: don't know. Well, Yeah. The, the uh, we got to take a little bit That's beside that. the point. Yeah. Well, of course, Orange going to be last. Uh, fourth place for me. This was tough because, I, I, of course, I put a lot of push into what the Red Sox have done to us in 2018 as well as who they've taken from us. Not taken from us, who we traded and who also went off in free agency. Um, and they do have a lot of firepower, I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen a lot about Bobby Dalbeck or Fr- Franchi Cordero. Franchi or Frenchie? Franchi. Uh, I mean Franchi. Franchi. Uh Cordero. I love so. saying that name, by the way. Franchi. Franchi Cordero. Great um, name. But of course, I mean Rafael Devers, Vasquez, Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Verdugo, Hernandez. I mean, these guys are. I mean, they're pretty wild, but they're really good. Um, Garrett Richards. I seen a lot of Garrett Richards when he played for the Angels. So I mean, uh, I kind of expect a good amount of production from him. Dude, he's just got to stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's the tough thing about um, being a pitcher and trying to be a pitcher at elite level is trying to stay healthy. Uh, and, of course, and not really of course, but, I mean, the Blue Jays. Uh, the Blue Jays are going to come in third, but they have a lot of great production, picking up George Springer with uh, Vladimir Guerrero actually dropping, like, 30 pounds or something like that.
0: Insane.
1: Dude, I, I mean, the guy is 100% into his body right now and he's just only gonna get better. He's so young, so powerful.
0: Remember that home run derby?
1: I it was nasty. Watching him go up against Jock Peterson in that home run dirty, derby was insane. I think it was what, like thirty home runs? I don't know, dude he just one. went off. It was it was awesome. It was awesome. Uh Hunjin Ryu of course is one of my favorite people to watch. Uh you know, the guy the guy can pitch. Uh Robbie Ray, Steven Mads, Rourke, Kirby Yates, um uh, Lourdes Gurriel, Marcus Simeon I mean we got to watch that guy play in, in Oakland and the dude definitely took a toll against the teams that we got to watch sorry Angels um, second place is going to be the Rays I mean the Rays, they bring back experience they bring back the guy who hit the most home runs in a playoff I mean Randy Rosarina was crazy against some of the best pitchers in baseball, I mean look at what he did to Walker Bueller, look at what he did to Clayton Kershaw Brandon Lau, Austin Meadows, G-Man Choi, like we said, is one of my favorite athletes, uh, favorite big guys. Joey Wendell. Joey Wendell is my favorite for not wearing gloves, for keeping it old school, just with the silicone ring. I mean, the guy is crazy. Uh, I think the weakest point is probably going to be Mike Zunino. The guy couldn't hit a ball to save his life <laughs> in the playoffs. I feel bad, but he's he's pretty good defensively. He did have a couple issues when I, when I got he a chance to watch him. But, um, I mean, he's nothing compared to uh, the catcher in Philadelphia. So, you can't be mad. Uh, Manuel Margot is pretty speedy. And like Steven said, you can't be mad at Kevin Cash for what he did. I mean, he thought he did what he did for the best of his team. So, I mean, good for him for sticking to it. Uh, First place, that leaves us only one. Of course, the Yankees, even though I hate saying it. The Yankees have pretty much... A stacked lineup, especially uh, being a stacked lineup for on paper, like Gleyber Torres, Gary Sanchez, Clint Frazier, Shallow Voight, Stanton, Hicks, Judge I mean, there's not a name on there that you wouldn't be able to recognize out on the field somewhere um, sucks that Gary Sanchez is having a pretty bad down two years, it feels like but, um, hopefully he picks it up in the season, like Steven said Corey Kluber, Gary Cole, I mean they're producing Garrett Cole's still a top three pitcher um, I think he's one of the greatest pitchers I mean even though he did play for the Houston Astros or all this Chapman me. he
2: went up to battery, or yeah. anything
1: yeah that's true but you know you, you know my standpoint but I mean as far as as <laughs> far as that goes I mean yeah first place yeah the Yankees are going to take it this year I mean they just got a lot of firepower and hopefully these guys catch win in 162 games so
2: yeah, yeah we'll see what happens yeah
0: all right, so now it's time for the American League Central. I'll be taking the lead on this, and you know what? Um, I've actually had a lot of hard time not figuring out the top teams, but figuring out the bottom teams because these two bottom teams I think are really close to one another. But one just comes down to you know speculation, and the other comes down to uh, speculation and potential, and the other comes down to you know they have it right now. So in last place, it pains me to say this, but the Detroit Tigers are my last place teams. And, you know what, I'm really high on their young pitches that they have coming up. They have three pit, uh, three pitches in the top 25 in terms of prospects. Mr. Tarek Skubal, Casey Mize, and Matt Manning. Uh, Matt Manning's expected to get called up later this season. Um, Riley Green might get called up, and he should be making an impact in the outfield. Some guys to really look out for, some younger guys. Um, Willie Castro, I think, is a beast. And Yammer Candelario had a pretty good season at the Dish last year. And they have some pretty good veterans on that team. You know, you got Miguel Cabrera, who, yeah, you know, he's he's up there in age, but he, he can still swing the bat. They got Nomar Mazara Robbie Grossman, and Wilson Ramos. So I think they, they, they're complementing their young talent with some, you know, older guys who can take some of these younger guys under their wings. And, you know, I, I think it's just, I think it's good. Their weakness for sure is their bullpen. Um, they got a lot of unproven arms, but, you know, I'm a... Uh, I'm really high on what they what they got going on, especially with the um, the pipeline. I, th- I think they're going to be an exciting team. G- give it a couple years. Um, like I said, three names. Schoolball, Mize, Manning. Watch out for those guys. In fourth place, I have the Kansas City Royals. So my problem with them is their pitching. Mike Miner was a nice pickup to add to pair with uh, Brad Keller and Brady Singer in that rotation. But that's about it. Uh, Greg Holland is in the bullpen, but... I expect them to get dealt at the deadline as the Royals. I think they're going to be sellers. I mean, their bullpen's actually, like, decently strong. But um, I do like their lineup. They got Whit Merrifield, Andrew Benatendi, who I think was a great pickup for them, Alberto Mondesi, Speed Kills, Carlos Santana, Salvador Perez, Jorge Soler, Hunter Dozier. They can score runs in Kansas City. But it's just, you know, their pitching at the end of the day is going to be, like, their downfall. I think they're very comparable to the Detroit Tigers, so, you know how I, I mentioned the school ball, Mize, and Manning? Those are a little bit more of the unproven guys, but you know they have the electric stuff. Whereas Brad Keller and Singer, they had a pretty good um, season last season. And Mike minor he's shown that he's a reliable arm. But I think that the Royals have the edge over the Tigers because that lineup is just, it's, I think it's really good. One of the more underrated lineups in baseball. It, it's just it's like one A one B though. I think they're really close to each other. Like you can flip flop these around. I was actually doing that today before this episode. I was like, ah, Royals Tigers Royals Tigers. But I'm just gonna leave it there. Tigers fifth and Royals fourth. In third place, I think this is an easy third place team. Um, I got the Cleveland Indians. Now the thing about this team is that they're getting carried hard by their pitching. Um, they got Shane Bieber, who's probably like a top five pitcher in the league or in the game, actually. They got Zach Plisak, who's amazing. Tristan McKenzie, who's amazing. And Aaron Savali makes a, for a good fourth, uh, fourth guy in that rotation. They have in the bullpen James Karinchak, who came out of nowhere and had a monster season in 2020. And even though they lost Francisco Lindor, they still have Jose Ramirez, who I expected to be you know a good bounce back because I think he was struggling early on. Um, was it last season or two seasons ago? But... He can really swing the bat, and I'm I'm glad he. he <laughs> I have a little bias because he looks like one of my cousins, but I think uh. I I think he he's great at the dish, great at great at defense. Uh, they got Franmil Reyes, the Franimal, and they made a solid pickup with Eddie Rosario. I think that's one of the one of the more like overlooked uh, additions they made to their team. So expect this team to at least put up a fight for that second wild card spot. I think the division's out of their reach because, as we're gonna get into very shortly, I think the top two teams in this division are. Oh my god, I think they're really freaking good. And that's what we're going to talk about right now. Now, I kind of had a little bit of trouble ranking these two teams, but here we go. So in second place, I have the Minnesota Twins. Now, the thing about the Twins is that they're only a couple moves away from being a really, really good team. That lineup is absolutely stacked. Max Kepler, Josh Donaldson, Nelson Cruz, Jorge Polanco, Miguel Sano, Byron Buxton. They also added an elite defender in Andrelton Simmons. Um, their bullpen's pretty good with uh, Taylor Rogers and Alex Colomay in the back end. Their rotation, though, is what scares me because after the first two guys, a lot of it's just question marks. Um, you have Kenta Maeda as a top guy. Um, shout out, um, you know, as your guy, Charles, you know, Kenta. Yep. And Jose Barrios. But the thing with Jose Barrios is that I feel like for years and years, people are saying this guy's got Cy Young caliber stuff, but he just hasn't been able to put it together so let's let's hope to see that he finally like breaks out as everyone's been saying that he could and that he's that top guy that people want him to be um after Barrios, you got michael Pineda, jay hop and actually uh matt shoemaker's on the on the twins so i i think when you guys said that he's on the blue jays he's actually on the twins i i still think that this team needs to make a a move at the deadline for sure but they're definitely one of the strongest teams in the american league It's just that they need to get over that postseason drought. Because they just can't win. And finally, the Chicago White Sox are my first place team. And honestly, I could see this team making the the World Series. They have a good rotation with Lucas Giolito as the ace. Lance Lynn, who I think was a super underrated pickup. Because that guy was just... That guy's amazing, even at his age. Dallas Kaiko has shown to be a reliable starter. Dylan Cease, Carlos Rondon, and Michael Kopech who is coming back from Tommy John, but I'm really high on the guy. I think he's got some really good stuff, Um, who could also work in the bullpen. Um, Someone else that's kind of a a rotation-slash-bullpen guy, Ronaldo Lopez, I think is a really good arm. They also added arguably the best closer. I'm going to say arguably because they got a couple other relievers in Milwaukee, but Liam Hendricks to solidify as the closer for Chicago. I think that's really good. And that lineup is so incredibly stacked. Tim Anderson, Yasmani Grandal, Jose Abreu, Yoan Moncada, Luis Robert, Nick Magical, Andrew Vaughn. It just sucks that Eloy Jimenez is going to be out for five to six months. I'm going to make a prediction. I think the White Sox are going to go out and sign Yasiel Puig because that guy is still a free agent, which is surprising. I don't know how he's not signed yet. Crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. So that's, that's my prediction. And I'm going to say watch out for the Chicago White Sox. All right, Mr. Lonnie C, you can take it away.
2: So, yeah, thank you, Stephen. Um, that <laughs> was very informative, uh, especially for me. I don't know too much about the American League Central. Um, so, you know, I might get a lot wrong here in, the, in my predictions. i of you listening. If you do uh, find any inconsistencies with what you know, you're a bigger fan of your team than we are. Uh, just hit us up on at Chalk It Up Show on Twitter. But where were we? Back to my predictions. So in fifth place I have the uh the Detroit Tigers. Uh you know they still have uh they have Miggy Cabrera in there. Uh, DH he's getting a little older in age. Um but they don't have much more besides him. Uh, on the pitching side it's uh it's pretty barren. I mean besides uh Casey Mize, um uh, besides some of the people that uh Steven mentioned. Um you know Daniel Norris, uh he didn't really pan out as they wanted him to, but he's going to be in the bullpen now. Uh, they're going to see if Michael Fulmer has anything to offer, um, and that's going to be your Detroit Tigers season. Uh, they're still in the midst of yet another rebuild, and this one feels like it's been going on for quite a while. So that was your projection for, or my projection for the 2021 uh, Detroit Tigers uh, in fourth place. We have the Kansas City Royals they have you know pretty intriguing pretty intriguing uh, lineup uh they have Hunter Dozier and uh they have Whit Merrifield as well a couple of really big really big bats for them uh they also went out and they got Andrew Benintendi uh who you know recently in Boston uh didn't live up to his rookie year potential uh but you know he's still in there you know chugging away uh they have Jorge Soler as their uh, designated hitter you know dinger city he may not have you know the greatest batting average but he's you know he's got some pop Uh, so he's pretty interesting Uh, they have Michael A. Taylor in there as well Uh, a little bit older in age but he came in uh, from Washington Um, he's projected to be their number nine hitter play center field Uh, they got Carlos Santana you know big presence in there Uh, a little bit older in age uh, but he's you know going to be a big clubhouse guy uh they don't have a whole lot on the pitching side. They have Danny Duffy who's you know, not very not very consistent, but he's you know, he's been there for a while. They have Greg Holland in there once again. Uh Wade Davis, they brought him in as a non roster invitee. Let's see where he goes. And they have Jesse Hahn. Uh but they don't really have they don't really have uh too much too much to get excited about quite yet. Uh so that was your fourth place, uh Kansas City Royals. So yeah, in third place, you have the uh, the Cleveland Spiders, uh, also known as the Cleveland Indians. Um, in, the, in the past year, they haven't really had a lot to get excited about. They traded away uh, Francisco Lindor, um, but they still have Jose Ramirez and they also have uh, Fran Mil Reyes in there. Um, uh, but besides that, they don't have a whole lot of thump in their lineup as you saw last year, even less so for this year. Um, on their bench, they have Ahmed Rosario, they have Austin Hedges. Uh so look for those two guys to hopefully make an impact uh over the course of the season. Um and you know their starting rotation, they have uh Shane Bieber, of course, uh Cy Young winner, I believe. The they have uh Zack Aaron Sivale, uh Tristan McKenzie. Um so this is a team that's been highly carried by their that's gonna be highly carried by their um by their pitching and I don't see them uh rising much higher than third place in the American League Central, and then in uh, second place, I have the Minnesota Twins. Um, I know it's kind of a it's kind of a strange pick, uh, especially after the last couple of years with you know the kind of win totals they've been putting up in the regular season, uh, the kind of lineup they've been having uh, last couple of years. Um, but you know, they have a lot of questions uh, in the pitching department. Uh, you know, they lost my boy Sergio Romo. Um, you know, they they don't have much else uh besides uh besides him left over. Uh so you know they're really relying a lot on their on their lineup uh over the course of the season and I don't I don't see them uh really having much more than that uh to really to really have much of an impact uh in terms of, you know, where they finish in the division. Uh they're gonna be, you know, highly carried by their by their uh hitting lineup, which still is one of the strongest in the entire uh, league. But this year, it's not going to be enough for the first-place uh, finish. And finally, uh, we have the Chicago White Sox. Uh, they've been making a whole lot of moves over this offseason. They have you know, one of the strongest uh, starting rotations as well. They have Dallas Keuchel. They have Lucas Giolito, among others. Their starting lineup is very strong as well. They have Tim Anderson in there. They have Yoan Moncada. Uh, They have Yasmani Grandal, Jose Abreu, Luis Robert. They have a very strong uh, bench as well. You know, Jonathan Lucroy. He's been bouncing around. uh, You know, from team to team for a while. They have uh, Zach Collins in there. Uh, As we said before, their starting rotation is awesome. They have uh, Lucas Giolito. Uh, You know, he had the one bad start last year in 2020, but he picked it up from there. Uh, Dallas Keuchel is in. Uh, Lance Lynn who you know most of the time all he throws is a fastball but you know they still you know throws it out there you know try to hit it you can't you know they have Liam Hendricks in the bullpen uh, they have Michael Kopach you know he was another you know highly touted prospect he's now in the bullpen while he finds his footing um, this is a really exciting team uh, they have really high aspirations uh, you know they've had a lot of promise over the last couple of years and you know now is probably the first year that it, or I guess the second year, because they finally made the playoffs. But you can say that was a prelude to the great season that they're going to have this year. Uh, they're the first place in the division, and that's those are my American League Central predictions. And to recap, uh, we had the Chicago White Sox in first. Uh, we have in second place, we have the Minnesota Twins. In third place, the Cleveland Spiders. 4th place the Kansas City Royals and in 5th place the Detroit Tigers.
1: Yeah, that's great, man. Uh honestly, uh I don't have much to say about the AL Central. I mean, the only team I really know is the White Sox. Uh in pretty much last place. Yeah, it's going to be the Detroit Tigers even though they have some good I want to see some good power in Miguel Cabrera being there just I mean, he's just the old man there. He's Gil Cabrera is actually one of my favorite players uh, going back to, I think it was the 2013 ALCS when they played against the, the Boston Red Sox, right? Um, he's probably the last one on that team. I mean, Jacoby Jones is actually a, a name that I randomly remember.
0: Uh, <laughs> is that kind of on the team?
1: Yeah. It, oh, they predict. They predict. Okay, okay, okay. To, for the, uh, yeah, I, I
0: just thought you throw out a random ass player's uh, name. You know, like- Daniel
1: Norris is somebody I kind of remember as well. So I, even even though they, these guys are popping up, I still think they're not going to do as well as I, um, I really want them to because Miguel Cabrera does deserve to win. Um, but I mean, that's besides the point. Fourth place, I'm going to have to give it to. Yeah, I'm going to have to give it to the. I think I'm going to give it to the Cleveland Indians because I still think the Royals can actually go up and do a little bit better than than the Indians. Even though we we play it off as, like, um, you know, that the Royals can be pretty much garbage, um, I still think they're going to just do as good, if not better, than the the Cleveland Indians and could be fighting for a participation trophy at this point, if you feel me. Yeah. Yeah. I think we were t- uh, Stephen had uh, for- had forgot to bring out Bobby Witt mm-hmm, Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, sucks that they're gonna kind of play around his contract and try to get his uh was minor league money and try to keep him there. but yeah, an extra year. For yeah, for try sure. to keep him extra year, but I mean, Carlos Santana, dude, Salvador Perez's crazy contract that just happened.
2: Oh yeah, he's signed the extension. So I, mean, I was like, what? Andrew yeah, no. Benintendi is he's pretty, been there for a while too.
1: Yeah, and Andrew Benintendi. Doing pretty good, too. I mean, I can't believe that the that the Red Sox let him go as well. Um, but, yeah, I still think fourth place is still going to go to the Indians um, with all that being said. And then that brings the Royals to third place. Um,
2: yeah, they've been making a lot of sneaky moves for sure.
1: Yeah, so the, it, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, the, like Dario said, the Cleveland Spiders, um Newly named, yeah, I think they're still going to be in, in fourth place with the Royals going to be in third. Second place, I mean, yeah, second place is going to be the Twins. I can't say much about anything else. I can't believe that Anderton Simmons on the Twins. I think that's one of the uh, biggest things for me. I mean, uh,
0: the defense of the middle is going to be real crazy. Yeah. They, they got, uh, Byron Buxton center, Anderton Simmons short.
1: Yeah, then you got Josh Donaldson holding it down in the corner, you know. So, I mean... Uh, I yeah the twins are gonna be a force to be reckoned with and I think they're gonna put up a fight with the Chicago White Sox, the South Side team. Um, That brings us to Chicago. I mean, uh, what else is there to say that you guys haven't said? I mean the guys are crazy. They got a lot of power up front. They got a pretty good catcher in in, uh, Yasmani Grandal, and I've definitely been able to see that firsthand. Jose Abreu. uh, That sucks. Uh, Eloy's out, right? Five to six months. That really. Suck. They're gonna have them back in June, July, around that time. Around summer, yeah. Um, Nick Madrigal, Adam Eaton, Luis Robert, Luis Roberto's great. Johan Moncada, Tim Anderson, Tim Anderson's one one of the people kind of like uh, Fernando Tatis. That uh, you good might, for the game. Yeah, you might hate them, but they're doing something good, and they're bringing back a, a younger fan base that you know we kind of need. Um, but yeah,
0: that, that's that's pretty much my predictions for the AL Central. All right, now to jump over to the American League West, I'm not gonna I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I lost some sleep over this division because, in my eyes, this is gonna be the hardest division to predict, only because the teams can range in many different spots. I'll get to that once I start naming the teams. However, let's uh let's go ahead and name the easiest team to predict, and that is the last place team texas rangers (laughs) there's not too many exciting players to look forward to besides like joey gallo nick Solak, sam huff and the Audi Tavares. um ian kennedy and matt bush are like the only guys i know in that bullpen um yeah like uh, the bar is really low for this team so if you're not a diehard rangers fan you're probably not gonna watch them so yeah sorry rangers fans but you guys are last All right, so this is where we start getting a little tricky because I can see this team finishing at least third, but I'm going to put them fourth, and that is the Seattle Mariners. I think they are a sneaky good team. Um, They have some really exciting players. Kyle Lewis, Taylor Trammell, Evan White, who reminds me of myself in high school, just an amazing defender at first base, and um, expect Jared Kalanick to make an impact once he gets called up. That guy's going to be an absolute stud. He came over from the Mets in the um, Edwin Diaz and... uh, Robinson Cano trade. So yeah, they actually have a. They got some pretty good like older guys that they compare with these young guys like Kyle Seeger, who I think is a really good uh, mentor for these guys. And Mitch Haniger has been really good for them these past couple seasons. The rotation consists of Marco Gonzalez, who I think might be one of the most, if not the, probably the most underrated pitcher in, in baseball. That I that guy is just a beast. Um, they got James Paxton back. And I expect you say Kikuchi to have a pretty good season. Justice Sheffield and Justin Dunn are both two young pitchers with tremendous upside. And uh, Logan Gilbert's going to get called up, and I expect him to be really good too. There's really exciting stuff for the Seattle team. Yeah, they—they they might not make the playoffs, but they're going to shock some people. So I—I I- I can see them finishing at like at most third. But watch out for Seattle. They're going to be one of those sneaky bastards that are going to just fight till the very end. They almost made the playoffs last season, so people—people f- people forget about that. Yeah, I know shortened season, but. A lot of young young players that are finally going to make their way up and really start to produce for this team. In third place, this one might bite me in the ass because if there's anything I learned about this team, it's to not count them out ever, and that is the Oakland Athletics. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always find a way to sneak into the playoffs. And um, even though their rotation doesn't have any sexy names, they got Jesus Lozardo, Sean Mania, Chris Baston, and Frankie Montas, who have all shown to be very dependable starters. Mike Fiers is expected to return from injuries sometime in April. Even though it's hard to replace Liam Hendricks from the bullpen because he signed with Chicago, they got Trevor Rosenthal to replace him. So I think that's a good value signing for them. Um, they have Jake Diekman. They got your boy Dario Sergio Romo, Lou Trevino, Yuzumero Petit, who's... An amazing bullpen arm and Adam Kolarek. That lineup is no such either. They have a uh, Ramon Loriano who has a cannon in the outfield. Mark Canna, Matt Chapman, Matt Olsen, Steven Pascotti, and Mitch Moreland, who they picked up. Mitch Moreland. Yeah, so this team's gonna definitely be fighting for that second wildcard spot. And um, they're definitely gonna be fighting for this division because if there's something about this division, this it's wide open. I think the top three teams can easily win the division. And that leads me to my next team, the second place team, who also might bite me in the ass. Because there's something I've learned with this team, it's to never (laughs) put faith into them. But here we go. (laughs) Well, I'm putting putting them in. Second place, the Los Angeles Angels. There's no question that the team's really gifted offensively with Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, Shohei Otani, the underrated David Fletcher, and Jared Walsh, who's uh, someone that you guys got to watch out for. Albert Pujols, you know, for as many things as people say about him, you know, decline or whatever, he can still drive in runs. He's pretty good with runners in scoring position. Um, Justin Upton, who I have not been a fan of since the, since they offered him that contract, is having a nice spring, and let's hope that it translates over to the regular season. Obviously, for years and years now, the biggest question with the Angels has been the pitching and um, it's always a struggle for this team because they do such a poor job addressing it in the off season. and um, this, I don't think this offseason was any different Dylan Bundy is going to be the number one guy who came off for an impressive twenty- 20- I did not expect Dylan Bundy to pitch as great as he did in 2020 they have Andrew Heaney who's been one of the Angels reliable starters for the past couple seasons they have Griffin Canning who's still very young with a tremendous upside let's hope that he can take the next step forward in year 3 and Shohei Ohtani, who we've seen glimpses of, that like he's got some of the nastiest stuff in the game, but it's just that like he hasn't been able to stay on the field. So let's hope that he comes back healthy. He's been having an amazing spring if you guys have been keeping up with him. And to round out the rotation, they got Jose Quintana, who was at one point like a pretty good pitcher for um for the White Sox, and um and they got Alex Cobb. So th- that's what the Indians have been doing these past couple seasons. They just get one year deals, bargain bins, hoping that they can you know. Succeed So that's what they did this time with Jose Quintana and Alex Cobb. The bullpen is actually a low-key... They, they improved it. They got Rossio Iglesias uh, for the closer role And they got Alex Claudio. Mike Myers is coming off a really impressive 2020 season in which he took over as a closer. Ty Butchery is looking to reform his 2019 form because he was actually really, really good. They got him from Boston in an Ian Kinsler trade. But in 2019, he, the first half, he was amazing problem was they used him way too much and he burned out but yeah this team is definitely talented enough to make the playoffs they can even win the division because the first place team isn't as strong as they used to be i think it's going to be a little hard for the angels to maybe fight for that wild card spot only because the other american league teams are just really good so i feel like um the american league west teams are win the division or bust because wild card is kind of it's a little bit out of reach and that leads us to our first place team They're still there. They're the Houston Astros first place. And you know what? They still have a lot of their core together minus um, George Springer. They have Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Michael Brantley, Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez, Yuli Gurriel, and Kyle Tucker. The rotation without Verlander and Valdez, um, it's still very solid. They have Zach Greinke, Lance McCullers Jr., Jose Urquidy, and they picked up Jake Odorizzi. And taking taking a look at their bullpen, that's also pretty solid. Ryan Presley, Enoli Paredes, Joe Smith, Andre Scrub, and they made some pretty solid pickups by picking up Pedro Baez from um, he's a world champion with the Dodgers, and um, and Ryan Stanek or Ryan Stanek. So I think if you were making a predictions list, Houston is probably the safest pick to win this division, but in no way are they like a lock to win the division. But, you know, I wanted to keep it a little safe because usually when I make my AOS predictions, I get a little, you know, I get a little ballsy and I get a little biased, but I'm just going to keep it like this. So recap, Astros first, Angels second, Oakland third, Seattle fourth, and Texas fifth.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much, I mean, it's, it's almost uh what I was going to say. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I can't respect a team that has an away team pretty much make it their own home team. Shout out Dodgers. Uh, hitting more home runs in, what, 10 games than the Rangers did all season? Um, it, I so, some that, that that statistic alone just shows me that they, they just can't do it. Yeah, they have Nick Solak, Joey Gallo, even David Dahl. Ronit Dor is just getting old. Um, I mean, it's not much good to really talk about. I mean, you could look out for the Rangers to be better in the next coming years, but it's tough. They didn't really address a lot of stuff that they should have in the offseason, and I mean, they did good in, in in spring training, but there's not much else to be really happy about. Uh, so that puts us at fourth. I think this is where we're going to actually uh, diverge in the road. Honestly, I don't think Matt Chapman is going to be the same coming into the season after that injury. injury. I don't think so. I think he was so used to not having to deal with injury like that that this one took him for a role. I mean, you have Ramon Laureano, which I mean, we all know him for the big fight that he had with uh, the, oh, yeah, the Astros with yeah. uh, a batting coach.
0: It was some random as coach. He yeah, we shouldn't have been. there.
1: Disrespect for that guy. That that guy should be should have been fired. and Should have been put on I think non. He was fired. What's he fired? I think great. So. great, great, good. Yep. Uh, Steven yep. Piscotti is definitely one of my favorite people to watch. I mean, especially watching him after losing his mother like, what two years ago. Um. That, that's one of those things that um, you kind of root for those guys. Yeah, Matt Olsen, Mark Canna, Jed Lowry. Elvis Andrews is, is somebody I didn't know that was actually playing for the A's. Um, oh, they got him back?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... Uh, you didn't play for the Mets at all. Um. Actually, yeah, you did. Like was months. it
1: Matt, Mike Fiers? Mike Fiers. Mike Fiers. Mike Fiers. Yeah. The Whistleblower, the young guy. Shout out to you, guy. Bitch. Um, <laughs> Uh, they also got Adam Kolarek. I mean, Adam Kolarek did real great for the Dodgers last seasons. But I mean, again, this is something that like you you kind of got to be wary of. And I and I like the Mariners a little bit more going into the season. And that kind of puts me at my next pick with the Mariners going to be just that much better. I mean, Kyle Lewis is amazing. I yeah. mean, it was great watching good him guy. last year. Uh, J P Crawford, Haniger, Tom Murphy, cool. Dylan Moore. Uh, I mean that, that there's a lot of there are a lot to be hopeful for. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little biased, of course, because I'm am a big Seeger fan. The Seager Bros definitely put a show on every year.
0: He's a real good veteran presence. Yeah,
1: them. and uh, Kyle Seager is still a force at third base. So look for them to to, to make it to third and maybe even catch an extended uh, wild card, possibly question mark. Oh, I was only two spots. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, it shows right, you know how much I know right now. First and second is tough because I put a lot of faith into to the to the SoCal teams, man. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to give the Angels the second place I and mean, it's going to it's going to gas up a couple of my friends, but uh, you know, I mean there's a lot to be happy about. Shohei Otani, if he can stay healthy. We're praying, you know, stay healthy. I mean it's it's one of those things where you have some of the best Major League Baseball players on one team. It's one of those things. Exactly. Anthony Rendon, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Max Dassey was pretty good behind the plate last season. Out of nowhere, dude. He's random. Out
0: of nowhere. And
1: of course, you got Fletch God. Oh, you, dude, there's dude. nothing There's You gotta be happy about Fletch God. Uh, Jared mean. Walsh. I mean, the dude can hack it. Um, Dylan Bundy. I mean, I saw him throw against, I think we are watching the Seattle. Seattle game. Yo, he messed. He me. was Complete deal. game shutout. It was awesome. Uh, Andrew Haney, Griffin Canning, uh, I haven't seen a lot about Quintana, i would seen a little bit of Cobb, um, but I mean that's like the bottom of the rotation that you kind of have to worry about with Shohei Otani wrapping that up, and even being a, a second day starter if he really wants to. Dexter Fowler though, that's kind of a weird pickup, shout out to him for getting married, congrats man um, but yeah that was a weird pickup for me, so that, I think that's the only like, uh, the
0: bright side is that they, were, they got him for really cheap, I think like yeah. 2 million dollars or some shit like that Was it from the Cardinals? Yeah. Yeah. It was like
1: real dirt cheap. So, So, I mean, there's a lot still to be happy about. Yeah. Which... ah, (laughs) I hate the Astros. And uh, just knowing that I'm a Dodger fan should really throw it out there for you. But, yeah, I'm not a big fan I am a big fan of Martin Maldonado. That's one my of my guys, guys. dude. I love Martin. It's one of my guys. I mean, he's definitely one of those. He's one of those catchers. I mean, uh, Steve and I played. we both catchers and first basemen in mm-hmm. high school, and we definitely there's a couple people that we really liked. Um, Russell Martin was definitely one of my favorite catchers of all time. Jeff Mathis was uh, my favorite guy. Jeff Mathis, great. Um, who else uh, played for the Angels, <laughs> Texas Rangers, Red Sox? Um, Oh, Mike Napoli. Mike Napoli, the big man with the beard. Um, And Daddy Ross, dude. (laughs) Daddy Ross right there was one of my favorite catchers. But Martin Molinato among active players, definitely. Definitely one of my favorite catchers. Everybody else, I'm not a fan of. But, I mean, Carlos Correa is still one of the best shortstops in the game right now wow
0: I think this is the first time ever you see something nice about Carlos Correa you know
1: I don't like Carlos Correa but <laughs> no. I, statistically and all that stuff I have to be a grown man and then give it up and tell him that uh, he's an actual good player and Jose Tove had a really bad year but yeah. it, poor guy it, and and he's one of those guys that you know Steven definitely roots for i definitely rooted for I mean he's one of the guys that gives us hope especially some of the shorter guys that can make it, you know? And Alex Bregman, Michael Brantley, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I, I think out of all the people that I don't like on the team is Yuli Gurriel, but that's a different story. Zach oh, Granke. okay. Zach Granke is definitely a... He's a weird dude, but he's a oh, great... Dude, he's, a, he's a funny weird... Like when <laughs> he's, he's
0: crisscross applesauce on yeah, like the run.
1: He's a great guy. I mean, Lance Coler, Jr. Again, though, I mean... 162 de- two games. I mean, things could be different, you know. So definitely, we'll definitely they, like, see it down the line. And they
0: limped into the playoffs. They limped,
1: and you know what though? It sucks because I I threw the the A's down in fourth, mm-hmm. and it's like they just showed me that they can't win without Matt Chapman. And honestly,
0: oh yeah, because they they went yeah, to the playoffs without him.
1: Without Matt Chapman, and you're losing Marcus Simeons. You're losing, I think, roughly like 40 home runs. I mean, talking Moneyball here—that's a lot of effectiveness. And they got rid of Chris Davis too. And Chris Davis. Oh wow! Yeah. So I mean, they'd be probably my biggest losers in free agency. I think they got
0: Elvis Andrews to replace. Yeah, remember we were yeah, talking yeah. about that.
1: So I mean, uh, that kind of leaves up uh, Dario right now to, to kind of finish it off for us. Yeah.
2: Well. Yeah, I mean, I have a very similar uh, American League West standings to you guys. Uh, it's not really. It's not very well informed. I'm not a big expert on on that division like you guys are. But in fifth place, I have the Texas Rangers. They don't really have a lot to be excited about. Um, it'll continue to be that way for the next couple of years or so while they get some more help in there. Um, in fourth place, we have the, uh, the Seattle Mariners. Which, yeah, they did almost make the playoffs last year. But you know they're coming up with you know against a lot of tough competition and and the other three teams in the in the division, and that's why, you know, they're going to be quite limited in what they do next year, and that's why they're going to finish in fourth place. And third place, uh, you know, kind of a hard one to kind of really place, but it's the Oakland A's. Um, they well, yeah, they did lose a lot of players, uh, you know, over the off season, but also they still have Matt Chapman. They have Chris Bassett. They have you know Yusmeiro Petit. Uh, you know Sergio Romo guys like that but you know the being the Oakland A's I wouldn't be surprised if they have somebody waiting in the wings ready to just plug in there uh, good to go but for now I'm gonna have them in third place in the American League West and that's because in second place is the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim um, they have just they have just a great lineup uh, of course you know the great Mike Trout one of the best players of all time they have Shohei Otani hoping to make his big return from injury. They have David Fletcher, Anthony Rendon, of course. Uh, Justin Upton is a bit on the upswing, as Steven said, in the spring. He's having a good spring. Uh, you know, Albert Pujols uh, finally coming off the books after this year, I think. Uh, after a long, long time, uh, he's going to make the chase for 700. We'll see if he gets it. Uh, they picked up Jose Iglesias to replace Andrewton Simmons. Uh, who's now with the Twins. They have Max Stassi and Dexter Fowler. So that's their lineup. Uh, very potent, I think. Especially like the first five or six or so. There's a lot of potential there um, for big playoff power. We'll see if Mike Trout finally makes it to the playoffs. Second place in the division. I think, you know, that bodes well for their chances. Of course, as uh, as has been for the past uh, decade or so, uh, their their pitching has been uh, quite iffy. You know, they, they're, they're starting pitching... Uh, depth is comprised of Dylan Bundy they have Andrew Heaney, Alex Cobb Griffin Canning, Jose Quintana Sho- and of course Shohei Ohtani um, there's a lot of of course uh, there's a lot of potential there especially with Shohei I mean you guys have seen that splitter you guys have seen what kind of nasty stuff he can do um, and it's just awesome when he's on uh, but still even so you know he's coming back from the from the big injury from he hasn't pitched in you know well almost two years uh Alex Cobb, uh he was once a really great pitcher, so was Jose Quintana. Griffin Canning has been very solid. Uh, hopefully he can make that make that big step forward. Um but for now I think that's good enough for a second place finish in the American League West. Hopefully uh you know we can see Mike Trout again in the postseason and we'll see if that comes to fruition. Finally, uh, of course uh you know Charles hates to hear the Steven probably too. But we have the Houston Astros once again in first place. You know, you know, even though they lost George Springer and they, you know, they lost uh, Garrett Cole a year ago, this is still a very deep, uh, very talent laden team. I mean, they still have Alex Bregman. They still have, you know, their shortstop Carlos Correa, uh, Yuli Guriel, their second baseman Jose Altuve. You know, they still have Zach Granke. They have, uh, you know, a, a bunch of guys who, who will definitely get the job done for them. And, you know, they'll definitely be one of the stronger teams, you know, Charles and Steven. They covered it a lot more in depth than I did. Uh, but they're gonna be one of the they're gonna be the team to beat in the division for sure. You know, the the measuring stick, if you will, uh for for the other teams. Especially for you know, the the Angels who, you know, they've had the lineup recently, but they just haven't been able to, you know, piece together enough wins to get into the playoffs. Uh so, you know, from that respect, the Houston Astros are kind of the benchmark for the rest of the division. And, you know, they're going to stick it out and uh, go ahead and uh, win the division once again. Uh, so that's my American League West predictions. Uh, they're not too exciting. Uh, but to recap, we have the Houston Astros in first. In second place, we have the Angels. Uh, in third, the A's in fourth place. We have the Seattle Mariners, a very close fourth place, I think, because, you know, the top three are all really good teams. The Mariners, A. some Promise. Um, and in fifth place, the Texas Rangers.
1: Yes, I mean uh, that that was great. I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, yeah. Stephen ha- and I will have a little bit of an insight, I guess, just because uh, we watch the Angels a little bit more. We watch. Um, I mean, we had experience with the freaking Astros for yeah, the past we, couple of years. We watch so the games
0: together. We go to the games together.
1: So I mean, it's 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 tough to you know pick a team who's going to be that great and whatnot, especially in the. The AL West, there's so much going on, and it's no, tough. So
2: no, I feel like they're very evenly matched in the AL West, especially at the top.
1: It's yeah, especially at the top. At least like the top three, top, yeah, top four, top four is super interchangeable. I'm not gonna lie that the that the Rangers are pretty much the worst team, if not the worst team in baseball. They're pretty much yeah.
0: I'd I'd say that. They got like, some competition with thirty-one are to and thirty-two later.
1: is the, the Orioles and and the Rangers. Let's put it. Let's
0: pretty much. I'll say it, the Orioles are better than the Rangers.
1: Yeah. So I mean, we'll we'll put we'll put it there. We'll call it a day and we'll move forward from there. Um, so now uh, we're gonna take it off with NL East looking spicy. You know what I'm saying? Like a Philly cheesesteak. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Phillies. Uh, Honestly, and it sucks because... You're going to do it, aren't you? I'm going to do it. Wow. I'm going to do it. In last place. In last place. The Philadelphia Phillies. Listen to this. Okay, listen to what I'm going to tell you. First of all, you signed JT Ramudo to a crazy deal. Gets hurt. Uh, He has the thumb injury. And... Dude, you're a catcher who is what? He has probably the best defensive rating in all of baseball. The dude blocks every which thumb. I think hit her it's too. his glove thumb. I think it's the glove thumb. I I need to take another look at that, but I think it's the glove thumb. But the dude loses his thumb.
0: Actually, I didn't know I didn't know he got hurt. Yeah, he,
1: he got. I think he got hurt. I don't. He hasn't been in uh, spring training at all. Um, wow. but that's a that's a big loss. Bryce Harper, of course, has tremendous power. But I don't think you're going to see him produce as much. I mean, the guy's still young. Yeah. We were talking about Aaron Nola, I, I think, the other day. And I confused him, I think, with Nick Nola from the Padres. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: who I called straight garbage. Because, I mean, <laughs> we're talking about the one of the worst catchers. But we'll get to him. We'll get to him. This is my bad. Austin um, Nola. Austin Nola. C, A. A and N. See, are they brothers or something? I think they are brothers. Um, they do have Archie Bradley, which he's pretty nasty when he was playing for the Diamondbacks so I mean we'll see how that plays it's out but again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but again yeah but again we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna see what happens um, I think Andrew McCut- McCutcheon's uh, better years are behind him now um, mm-hmm. GD DeGor- uh, Gregorius the same thing Alec Baum did pretty good the last season I am I won't say that Gene same thing the one thing that's going to carry the Nationals to a fourth place is honestly their pitching. Max Scherzer, Steven Strogsberg, Corbin, Lester, Ross is iffy, Brad Hand at closer. I think they still got some power there. Um, Starlin Castro is subpar. Kyle Schwarber has still got a good amount of strength. Josh Bell is iffy. Juan Soto, Trey Turner, those are kind of like the highlights of that of that offense. Excuse me. Um, so they're going to come in fourth, and that's kind of where I'm at. Third place is kind of easy for me because, I mean, this division is honestly, on paper, it's extremely top-heavy. Um, mm-hmm, definitely. But for third place, I, it's, it's going to be the Marlins. Uh, the Marlins showed a lot of promise last year. Um, Corey Dickerson, Starling Marte, Jesus Aguilar, Brian Anderson, Duvall, Jorge Alfaro, Miguel Rojas. Um, uh, I think the Dodgers had Miguel Rojas early in his young career. So, um, I mean, he, he's great. I mean, it, that was before uh, Corey Seager had gone there. So, I mean, kind of filling the space. Um, Sixto Sanchez, Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Jimmy Garcia. I mean, I th- I see a lot of promise, especially with what I saw them do last year in the extended playoff, even in a sixty game season. The guys came off of a what they. They had to sit out two weeks or something like that Dude, at one they, point.
0: Like, at one point, they didn't have anyone.
1: It was them and the Phillies that didn't have, like, games for, like, weeks. Yeah. Right? And they had to make it up later on. doing. And
0: they, they just had, like, a, they called up so many people. Yeah. just to, And they were like, they were still winning. Yeah, is, and they, they, they were
1: doing great. So, I mean, um, yeah, NLE side, uh, the third place team is going to be the Marlins. I think they're going to have a lot of talent, if not hardworking individuals, and they got a pretty great coach. I won't. I won't lie. I mean, who is it, Don Manley? My guy, Don. Oh. I think. I think Don Manley won Coach of the Year for the National League. I can see that. Yeah, I think. I think he did. I, he did. He did an amazing job. I Would mean, have seen he, that one
2: coming a few years ago, huh? Don yeah. Manley. I
1: mean, co- coming off of. I mean, leading the Dodgers to almost nothing. Yeah. Just bad playoff appearances. Uh, so well huh? Um, but he feels like it. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he he took the Marlins to a playoff appearance and. They put up a fight. No, they put up a fight against the Braves, of all teams. Yeah, they they did. put up a fight. Crazy. And, a, Crazy. and the Braves are amazing. Exactly. Um, which actually leads me to my next oh. two picks. <laughs> oh. This is tough. This is tough because on paper these two teams are just gonna very tough battle it out. You know, and it's tough for me to pick because I just saw the Braves take the Dodgers to seven games. I just saw the Braves just ring up Clayton Kershaw. Ring up Walker Bueller. dude. They were just going at them. Um, I mean, Marcelo Zuna is just a beast in the play, dude. But um, yeah, I'm gonna have to give second place to the Mets. Still, so. I I will say I, I will say I, on paper they're they're amazing, and I think on paper they're probably a little bit better than the Braves. But the lack of playoff experience, um, I think. Yeah, they they're not crazy in the outfield. Um, Michael Conforto is probably the biggest name that I have I can see. James McCann and catcher, I mean, he's still pretty good behind the plate. Pete Alonso, you hate him, you hate to love him. Pistol Pete, because dude, he just I watched him in college and during the College World Series for two years. The guy just launches these missiles off the bat. He's I, got a, that guy can rake. Yeah, he's got he's got pop, and it's crazy. Uh, I would look out for Francisco Lindor to actually sign a multi-year deal uh, before the season starts. Dude, uh, he
0: just—he looks perfect in that. Yeah, in those
1: colors. It, it, those colors. He, I'm not a fan of the hair. But, okay, have you seen his
0: sick ass jacket with yeah, like the patches?
1: That's a, that jacket's from uh, *Coming to America*, the first movie with uh, Eddie Murphy. Shout out Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, um, James O. Jones. You guys are great. I love you guys. Uh, Brandon Nemo, same thing. Uh, like I said, I mean, these guys look great on paper, but it's a team that we're going to have to see produce. But they're still, like, the best team at second place. Which brings us back to first place, man. I mean, uh, the Braves. What what can't you say that's just terrible about these guys? Acuna Jr. shaved his head. Now he weighs 20 pounds less. <laughs> Shit. Ozzy Aussie? was hair like 20 pounds or <laughs> Ozzie Albies, I mean the guy can hit. Freddie Freeman, the reigning uh NL MVP. I mean the guy does everything. Freddie Freeman's amazing. I love the guy. Marcelo know, like we said, the great DH um, this past season, but they're gonna have to play him in left field, so um, that kind of moves over. Uh, yeah, I forgot who they actually put in left field at the time. It was it wasn't Austin Riley, wasn't he's third baseman. He's third baseman. That's what I thought. Christian Pache, a uh, young young rookie. Uh, the guy's gonna be amazing.
0: I like that the, guy.
1: Yeah, he has great pop. He's fast. He covers I'm a lot of ground him, in man. center field, man. I mean, he's great. Dansby Swanson. I can't say anything else about the guy. He's great. Um, Travis Darno. Uh, I want to say he's a top five catcher. Yo, he's underrated. Yeah, he's I'll very underrated. He he did really good behind the plate. He even called, I think, uh, game two on his own. So. Like I said, I mean, they add Charlie Martin as well to a pretty stacked uh, pitching staff with Max Fried, Ian Anderson, Drew Smiley, Kyle Wright, and then the Will Smith on Will Smith. Uh, oh, that matchup was so much fun. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, but like I said, I mean, I saw a lot of good stuff coming out of Atlanta. And I mean, Atlanta's always been there the past, what, I want to say at least the past nine seasons. They've always been doing something. Um and that says a lot. I mean, uh, if you could stay consistent, you'll eventually win it. I mean, I can see them winning in the next four or five years, and being a force to reckon with. I I see them. We'll get to, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. Um, but uh, to wrap it up, like like I said, fourth place is gonna or fifth place is gonna be the Phillies. Fourth place, I'm giving it to the Nationals. Um, third place, the Marlins. Then it goes Mets and Braves, so look out for for the Mets to actually switch it up in first place. But for right now, on paper, Mets are second.
0: You know what, man? I was actually waiting for the first hot take of this show, and I knew it was gonna be from you. So, <laughs> I just Oscar, I, did, I just didn't expect it to come this late in the episode. Um, but let's let's get it going. All right, so fifth place. <laughs> I'm sorry, man, but I got the I got the Miami Marlins in fifth place. First of all, I want to give out congrats to all those guys for making the playoffs last season. They shocked the world. I did not expect them to yeah. make the playoffs. However, I do think it's going to be really hard for them to repeat that over a span of 162 games, especially in this loaded division. Um, like you said, I really like the young guys. Brian Anderson has been really dependable. Jazz Chisholm is a top-rated prospect, and I expect him to do great things. He didn't have an amazing season last year, but you know, development takes time um jj Blade is an outfielder he's their 20th ranked prospect who's waiting to get called up i expect him to do great things once he gets called up and they do have some good veterans to round out the lineup with Corey dickerson starling Marte. i remember they got him at the deadline i thought that was great um jesus aguilar is a good bat and in the rotation yo i like their uh their three guys they got sandy alcantara um, Pablo Lopez and Sixto Sanchez I think they're really good And then they also have two prospects in the top 100 Max Meyer and Edward Cabrera Waiting to get called up So there's definitely a lot of hope for this team And Like you said, they're going to be really exciting for years to come um, I just don't think that they're quite there yet um, But, you know It's going to be a real good uh, development year for them Give them a couple years They're going to be exciting Definitely. Alright, fourth place <laughs> Got the Philadelphia Phillies and uh, we all know how talented the lineup is with guys like Bryce Harper, JT Ramuta, Reese Hoskins, and Alec Bohm. But the problem is their pitching. Um, in the starting pitching department, after Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, there's not really much. There's uh, Zach Eflin, Matt Moore, which I know that's Dario's guy, Chase Anderson, and Vincent Velasquez. <laughs> um, it's definitely not strong considering that this division is actually super stacked offensively. And their bullpen was so god damn bad last season like i'm pretty sure you guys can find some crazy ass stat about them giving up like a million runs or something like that Mm -hmm. Uh, they they got they got archie bradley but that's like the only big move they made for the bullpen i just don't think that they made enough moves this offseason uh to adjust their pitching problems and that's why i have them as a fourth place team third place the washington nationals this team's actually kind of hard to rank because there's talent everywhere in this team it's just unfortunate that they have to play in this division because it's really stacked. Um, their rotation, Max Scherzer, Patrick Corbin, Steven Strasburg, John Lester, and Joe Ross. That's a really good rotation. Um, they picked up Brad Hand to be their closer, which I think was a really good sneaky move. Even though, yeah, Brad Hand has been slowly declining these past couple seasons. I do expect him to at least figure it out um, this season. Tanner Rainey has electric stuff, but he does need to work on his command, and he does get a lot of hard contact, so there's you got to watch out for that. Will Harris is really good at um, getting ground balls, and their lineup, oh my god, their lineup, they got Victor Robles, Juan Soto, Trey Turner, Josh Bell, Kyle Schwarber, and Starling Castro. I expect this team to be fighting for a playoff spot. You can even see them being in second place if everything goes well, just because I really do value their starting pitching. And I mean, that's what won the World Series, if you remember. They had a really good uh, starting pitching. But these top two teams, and you know what, man? I was actually surprised you picked the Mets at second because I also have the Mets at second place. <laughs> and I feel like it's going to catch some people off guard. Um, their lineup is absolutely filthy with guys like Brandon Nimmo, Francisco freaking Landor, Michael Conforto, Pete Alonso, Dominic Smith, Jeff McNeil, and James McCann. They're waiting for Noah Syndergaard and Carlos Carrasco to return from injury, like sometime in May. But their rotation at the moment consists of uh, the best pitcher in baseball, number one, Jacob Degrom. Yes, they got Marcus Stroman, and then there's kind of a drop off after that with like Taiwan Walker as their number three guy. But like I said, they're waiting for. Uh, Thor and Cookie Carrasco to come back. It's definitely going to be stronger once those guys come back, and their bullpen's actually pretty solid. Edwin Diaz had a nice bounce back season, they got Trevor May in free agency, Seth Lugo, Juris Familia, and Dylan Patanzas. So I think this team is an easy lock for a playoff spot in the National League, and I would not be surprised if they win the division. But that leads me to the first place team, and that is the Atlanta Braves. Okay. They were one win away from making the World Series. Their rotation is nice. Filthy. Filthy. Max Fried, Charlie Morton, Ian Anderson, and Mike Soroka once he comes back from injury, which is sometime in late April, maybe May. And they have guys like uh, Kyle Wright and Bryce Wilson who can fill out that fifth spot. So they got depth. Um, they have good arms in the bullpen. Will Smith, which is Dario's guy. Chris Martin, AJ Minter, Tyler Matzak, and Sean Newcomb pretty solid bullpen if you ask me even though i know some people think that they have some question marks there i think that those are some pretty solid arms and just that lineup is so filthy like i was saying that this this division is stacked offensively so the Braves got ronald acuna jr with a 20 pound haircut Ozzy albies mvp freddie freeman marcelo zuna who's gonna He's got to put the outfield, and his defense sucks, but his bat is really good. Travis Darno, like we were just saying, underrated catcher. Dansby Swanson, this guy annoys me only because in MLB The Show, whenever that guy would always come up to bat, they'd be like, and here's Dansby Swanson, the number one overall p- every time. They'd always have to bring it up, and it's like, Ooh, all right, shut up. Interesting. Christian Pache. I don't know if he was the number one pick. I think he might have been number one pick. He was? He's one of
1: the best number one picks to actually
0: produce. Really? Because I feel like he had a slow start to his season. and Just recently, he started to be like, oh, okay, good. And Christian Pache, like we were just talking that guy up. Love that guy. Really good. If there's one guy I think there's going to be some pressure on, it's going to be Austin Riley because third base is a pretty big position and they just cannot wait for him to get into his own because – the Braves are in championship mode right now, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think that if he doesn't figure it out this season, I think the Atlanta Braves are going to make a push for uh, Chris Bryant in the offseason. Ooh, and that—that's oh, big. Yeah, that's no, big. that's huge. And you know he's not going to go back to the Cubs. He hates the Cubs. So, oh my God, imagine at the corners Chris Bryant and Freddie Freeman. Woo! That's MVP. <laughs> that whole dude. That is crazy. scary. Crazy. So, um, yeah, Austin, Austin Riley, your time's sticking, bro. You got to figure it out. So just to recap, I got the Braves first, Mets second, Nationals third,
2: Phillies fourth, and Marlins fifth. Take it away, Mr. Lonnie C. All right, thank you, Stephen, for that insightful projections. Um, So to start it off, we got number five, the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Um, It looks like their rebuild uh, did not come to anything, you know, positive. Um, They're just gonna have to restart it all over again. Uh, They didn't really do anything to supplement a lineup led by. Bryce Harper and JT Realmuto, Uh, nothing much going on there besides those two, Um, and those guys are not going to be enough to carry them in a very strong, uh, or I should say, very evenly matched uh, National League East division. In fourth place, uh, you have the team that, you know, for the first time ever, they had a playoff run without winning the World Series the Miami Marlins, you know, there's a lot of reason to believe that they just caught fire uh, last season, especially over such a small sample at 60 games. Um, it's just not enough. It's just not enough uh, games to really uh, determine if a team is for real or not. And, you know, these, these, these Marlins, they're, they're, you know, in, in a good place. Uh, they have a lot of prospects coming up. They have a lot of pitching prospects coming up already. You know, you have to think uh, if they, if they still had, uh, you know, guys like Jose Fernandez, rest in peace. If they still had a uh, you know, Marcelo Zuna, you know, they're, they're three guys in the outfield that they once had. Um, they would be just a really, really strong team to look at. But as it stands right now, uh, they still have some work to do. And they're going to finish in fourth place in the National League East in 2021. Things are going to level out for them over 162 games uh, like they couldn't do over 60 games. So it's going to be a huge difference for them. Um, but they're, you know, they're on the right track, as I said. Okay, coming up in third place for the National League East, we have the Washington Nationals. Um, So as Steven and Charles have both previously said, uh, both of these teams, they have uh, great starting rotations. Uh, They have, uh, you know, Max Scherzer still doing his thing. Uh, Late 30s doesn't look like it. Uh, You have Steven Strasburg, strikeouts machine. And then you have Patrick Corbin. Uh, You know, as you recall, these three guys led them to the World Series Championship in 2019 um, so yeah they still have the tremendous uh, starting rotation it should lead them to a lot of early early game victories you know where these guys are six seven innings they still had a good place to win um, and their their go-to starting lineup is gonna be you know they got Victor Robles in there they still got the great Juan Soto still only 22 years old they have Trey Turner uh, they have you know Starling Castro already getting up there in age uh they have you know Josh Bell from Pittsburgh Kyle Schwarber we'll see what he can do coming in from Chicago their projected bullpen is also uh pretty good all things considered you know they have Brad Hand in there they have Daniel Hudson uh who was a big part of that uh that 2019 World Series run um but this this time around there you know they're they're missing a few key components uh you know they need a little bit more protection in that lineup uh they need they need a few more arms in that bullpen uh in order to really be able to challenge for top dogs in the National League East. Uh so for now they're going to they're going to have to stay put at third place. Uh you know if they're close at the trade deadline they might make a move. Uh who knows though, who knows. <laughs> and then next up in the National League East, uh in second place, this is, you know, this is a very close second place because uh the the last two teams they you know they're both really good uh they're both looking to do a lot of a lot of noise in the season so this one it might be kind of surprising to some kind of not surprising to others but in second place we have the New York Mets uh they made a lot of moves over the offseason they got Frankie Lindor uh they got <clears throat> they still have uh uh Jeff McNeil they have Brandon Nimmo Michael Conforto Pete Alonso of course JD Davis uh you know in in that starting rotation they got Jacob DeGrom but after that they have you know a lot of question marks um Noah Syndergaard has just been put on the 60 day injured list uh you know Marcus Stroman is in there you know he joined them at the 2019 trade deadline uh he's been solid for them If spectacular we'll see what he can do we got Taiwan Walker in there um you know those guys are figuring to be they figuring to be uh, big figures in that in that New York Mets starting rotation. In their bullpen of course they have, uh, they have Miguel Castro, they have Delian Batances, uh coming in from the New York Yankees. They still have Yuris Familia after he came back from the Oakland A's for a brief stint. Um, you know these guys have a lot of firepower in their lineup, one of the best lineups for sure in the National League, um, but I think their pitching is going to be uh, quite a bit insufficient, especially with Noah Syndergaard out for a good portion of the season. So that leaves in first place, of course, the Atlanta Braves. You know their their player development, as you can see, has been top notch. Uh, last season, they they were one game away from the World Series. I mean, let's let's not mention that it came. You know, they had three chances to get that one game, but you know, still a very great young team, a uh, very great lineup. They got Ronald Acuna Jr., they got Oziel Albis, they got Freddie Freeman, Marcel Ozuna. And Dansby Swanson as well as Austin Riley in there, and you know one of their big one of their big prospects uh who you know they're hoping that that he can really show up for them at another big bet to the lineup, christian Pache. uh had a very very solid uh playoffs last year, and let's talk about their bench for a second now they have Giants legends Pablo Sandoval, a uh, great clubhouse guy, um you know great pitcher too. perfect e r a uh you know is great a uh, dual threat out of the bench and the second Giants uh Giants legend we have Ehire Adrianza uh you know shortstop he was with us he was with the Giants I should say for a really long time a uh, great defensive player good off the bench and you know you got to talk about their starting rotation as well you know with Max Fried uh Charlie Morton and you know they got Drew Smiley in there as well uh coming in from the Giants uh you know their bullpen they got another Another Giants legend. They got uh, Will Smith in there. Tyler Matzek, hoping to you know have a pretty good campaign again. Uh, and yeah, uh, that's the that's the Atlanta Braves. You know, one of the best young teams in the National League overall, and they're going to be taking the National League East crown. So to recap, uh, we have in first place the the Atlanta Braves. In second place, we have the New York Mets. Third place, the Washington Nationals fourth place. We have the Miami Marlins and coming in at a distant last place. We have the Philadelphia Phillies
0: Nice nice. I I see there's no love for Philadelphia here.
2: No, 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 they No, I don't know. I don't know what happened to their their rebuild I I thought they were they were you know on the right track a few years ago, but they just kind of fell off a cliff (laughs) It looks like all right time for the most exciting division in baseball (laughs) the NL Central (laughs) Yeah. Mr. Lonnie C, what you got for us? Alright, yeah. Thanks, Stephen. Uh so yeah, uh the NL Central. Uh one of the more intriguing divisions in baseball, very top heavy, as you know, some of these other divisions in Major League Baseball are. Um but this one this one's a little bit little bit more straightforward at the bottom. Uh in fifth place you're gonna see the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh they just, you know, in nothing sums up the Pittsburgh Pirates more. And then the Chris Archer trade from a few years ago where they gave up, uh, what was it, Austin Meadows and uh, Tyler Glasnow pretty much for uh, Chris Archer. And now Chris Archer's Uh Seriously, that was a total fleece job by the Rays. And now Chris Archer is back with Tampa Bay. Uh, I think that just kind of encapsulates the whole uh, Pittsburgh experience right now. Um, and, you know, they don't really have a lot to look forward to um, until they can get, you know, stockpiles and draft picks. And that's what this year... And the next few years are going to be about. Um, so expect a fifth place finish from them. Uh, followed up, or I guess uh, it right in front of them would be the uh, Cincinnati Reds coming in at fourth place. They lost Trevor Bauer uh, over the over the off season. Uh, they didn't really do much else to uh, kind of replace that production, as you guys probably know. Uh, Great American Ballpark is a bandbox, and you know, just losing a player like Trevor Bauer is going to cost them uh quite dearly uh they were they were a team that was on the upswing uh last year and you know a couple of years ago and they still have a pretty good lineup i feel but you know as always they're still very lacking in the pitching department and they don't they don't have much depth besides that um so for for this season at least uh they're going to they're going to see a fourth place finish so we saw the pirates at number 5 and the cincinnati reds at number 4 and uh, this is what I mean when the when I say the division becomes very top heavy, um, because to me number five and number four very very clear choices. But here's where we start to see a little bit of murkiness with number three. I went with the Chicago Cubs uh, mainly because they have you know stagnated for a while. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, uh, they still well like I said Anthony Rizzo is still there. Uh, they have Chris Bryant is still there. Might be on his way out. Who knows. Um, they have Wilson Contreras there, a catcher. So they definitely still have a lot of pieces from their uh, 2016 uh, World Championship team. Uh, but besides that, you know, they haven't really been able to recapture the magic, uh, so to speak. They, you know, they lost John Lester. They, uh, they lost uh, Hugh Darvish as well. Uh, they kind of had some bad experiments there at Pitcher with Tyler Chatwood a couple of years back. Uh, so they've, you know, taken a couple steps back. Uh, you know, Theo Epstein is out, is out of Chicago. So, you know, they're a team that's kinda at the tail end of their quote unquote competitive years. As you might see Chris Bryant leaving, as you might see Anthony Rizzo maybe start to get shopped around. Um so they're they I can see them competing like in the in the early parts of the season and then you know they're gonna kinda kinda gonna fade out and end up in that third third place position. So those are the, the first three teams. The first two were uh, pretty straightforward, like I said. Uh, the third one was a little bit difficult, uh, just because the Cubs and my second-place team, they're, they're kind of even, but like for different reasons. And my second-place team uh, would be the, the Milwaukee Brewers. But yeah, the Milwaukee Brewers, they're going to finish second place this year in the National League Central. Uh, many questions uh, surround these Brewers after a year, in which uh, Christian Yelich they're one of the best hitters prior to that. One of the best hitters in the national league had kind of a below average season after coming back from that broken kneecap and they finished below 500 um you know despite this uh they still snuck into the playoffs last year uh you know they were out in the first round but you know the playoffs are the playoffs this year other than kristen yelich and lorenzo kane you know who's already 35 the brew crew they're very top heavy on the offensive side of the ball you know these two guys uh their pitching however their figures figures to be a little bit of a strength for Milwaukee uh they have such guys as a uh, Brandon Woodruff who's going to be their ace uh Corbin Burns who's shown good stuff and then they have you know a bullpen with uh you know closer Josh Hader um so you know expect the crew the brew crew sorry to challenge for a playoff spot uh because you know they they also have the manager Craig Council, who's uh you know great leader of men like uh, he really knows how to rally these guys, and you know get wins out of them, and he's gonna provide the leadership that this team kind of needs. To I guess you can say you know they're gonna need to overperform a little bit, uh, given their roster, uh, but I think they can do it. They have the experience. Uh, they have the leadership for it. So that leaves in first place, the mighty St. Louis Cardinals, who uh, recently they got uh, they got a great addition at third base. You know Nolan Arenado. The Rockies they paid the Cardinals to take Nolan Arenado off their hands. I guess they didn't I guess Idiots. they didn't want him anymore <laughs> or something, you know. I don't know what they're thinking was there. They didn't really get much else, uh, besides salary cap relief. Um, but that's besides the point. Uh they have a really solid overall team. Uh if unspectacular. Of course we've already mentioned Nolan Arenado. At the other side of the diamond they have uh, Paul Goldschmidt, you know, Goldie doing gold things, Goldie things. At first. And of course, you know, Yadir Molina isn't going anywhere anywhere, anytime soon. You know, he's still back there doing his thing. Still throwing guys out at an elite rate. So, from the offensive side, they should be pretty solid. And from the mound, their rotation can actually be pretty good. Uh, they're headlined by Jack Flaherty, who got some Cy Young votes. Uh, you know, it's followed up by uh, Adam Wainwright. Still in there. Still, you know, grizzled veteran. just chopping away at these guys. Uh they got Carlos Martinez, uh you know, made the All-Star game a couple years back. Uh Daniel Ponce de Leon. Kwang Hyun Kim once he comes back from injury. And uh they also have uh John Gann as their swingman, and uh, Miles Mikolas uh possibly coming back from injury. One thing about the uh the St. Louis Cardinals is they've always had really solid, if one spectacular uh team compositions. Uh they're really good at finding guys who are kind of like diamonds in the rough. Uh like they got Harrison Bader in there. They they still have Matt Carpenter uh still performing solidly for them. Uh so they have experience, you know, outperforming the expectations. Uh but not only that, but they have a very solid team uh up and down the roster. So those are my National League Central predictions. In first place, we have the St. Louis Cardinals. In second place, the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, third place the chicago cubs fourth place we have the cincinnati reds and in fifth place we have the pittsburgh pirates
1: man i mean you i can't i can't really i can't really do much else extra to really say on it on on the nl central i'm not gonna front with you uh i think it's a pretty easy last place for the pirates i'm sorry but like the Pirates haven't done anything to help them out in the past what three seasons? I mean they let go of probably the best player in Andrew McCutcheon. That's been the, they sent Chris Archer back to
0: I think uh, just straight up free agency.
1: Like i just don't think they did anything to help them as far as keeping stuff.
0: Dude, they had Garrett Cole.
1: Yeah, they had fucking Garrett Cole. Like what? So yeah, the Pirates I mean, like, look at these names. I don't know who Cabrian Hayes is Stud. Watch out for Colin him. Moran. Alright. Pretty good. Um Jacob Stallings. No idea. That sounds like some Rod Barajas <laughs> fool. Um actually take that back. Rod Barajas was actually a good catcher. Uh everybody else is sucked. Um yeah, I don't know really much about the, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um since the the good old days when Russell Martin was playing for them with the gold catcher gear. Uh Which is pretty sick. So, I mean, that that was the last time I ever really seen anything about them. Um, I did change up my my prediction. I was going to put the Reds at a better spot. But uh, things change. People change. Uh, The Reds are going to go fourth. There's not much going on there. I really wish they would have brought Yasel Pui back. Um, Somebody's got to pick the guy up. Because, I mean, he's still a force to be reckoned with. He's still a great... Athlete, But, I mean, he just got caught in a really bad situation. There's not much else going on. Nick Cassianos, Joey Votto, uh, the red man himself. Kyle Farmer's gray great as well. Uh, Mike Moustakis. um Tucker Barnhart. Tucker Barnhart quietly got a gold glove last year, right? Uh,
0: maybe two years ago? Was it two years ago? I just remember being maybe like... Maybe three, I don't know. I
1: remember being like, who is Tucker Barnhart?
0: Yeah, I had the same reaction. It
1: was weird. Um, maybe three... We there's Sean Doolittle, Mike Lorenzen, Sunny Gray. I mean, they got they got serviceable people, and can they have some glimmer of hopes every once in a while? Third place. I mean, I, I think I'm kind of lying lying by you, uh, Dario. I mean, third place is gonna be a toss up because I see a lot of power coming from the Cubs, but the Brewers are pretty even, like all around. They got a pretty solid offense. They got pretty good defense. Um, pitching is pretty much there. I think they got a pretty good coaching staff. Um, um, it's kind of tough to call because I like the Cubs. I like Javi Baez, dude. He's great. He's quick with the hands. Uh, Jock Peterson. I mean, I Josh Jock Peter, Peterson. I mean, the dude's kind of going off in, in spring training right now, and, and he kinda, it's kind of a preview of what he can do. Kyle Hendrick. Kyle Hendricks. Zach Davies, Jake Arrieta. I mean, those are kind of like the top names that I kind of see when we talk about rotation. Uh, Craig Kimbrell, closer, great. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot to be kind of happy about. Um, I I think I'm gonna put the Cubs second. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give the third place to the Brewers. I'm gonna have to do it. Um, Brandon Woodruff though is is a kind of a beast. I mean, I saw him pitch against the Dodgers in the in a wild card. He's kind of scary. So I, I will say he's good, look out for him. I mean, the, second and third are pretty interchangeable. First place is... I mean, it's not set in stone, but it's kind of set in stone.
0: It's kind of... It's a, it's not, but it kind of is.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it in sandstone because it's easily breakable over time, oh, wow. so we'll, we'll be specific there.
0: Um, yeah,
1: I mean, I, I can't really say much about the Cardinals. They're going to... This is Yachty's last year, and I kind of want the best for him. They really they had a great... Trade in Nolan Arenado. I mean, it is what it is, dude. I mean, the Rockies lost out. Nolan Arenado is a once in a lifetime talent at third base. The dude can throw from anywhere on the field, and having Paul Goldschmidt at first base, you're looking at one of the best like corners in all baseball. Um, aside from that, um, Paul Dijon, Tommy Edmond, Jack Flaherty, Adam Wainwright um, Alex Reyes, Jordan Hicks. I mean yeah they, these guys are I'm in the divi- they're kind of like the NFC least um, in football where it's like I mean these teams have potential to go the distance. I mean look at what Washington did. Um, but I mean they're missing a lot of key few things and they're kind of like the best of the rest almost. So, I mean, like I said, it's pretty much similar. It's going to be Cardinals, Cubs. Yeah, Cardinals, Cubs. Brewers, Reds, then Pirates. That's my my prediction for that division. All
0: right, very interesting, boys. I think this is the first division in which we all have different things. And you know what? The NL Central, I'm not going to lie, is my least favorite division in all of baseball. I find it to be very boring to watch, but here we go. Here are my predictions. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. In 5th place I have the Pittsburgh Pirates Competing with the Texas Rangers For the worst team in baseball In my opinion um, This team has no pitching at all whatsoever Like I really tried looking at the pitchers And the, I, there's nothing dude Offensively Brian Hayes is the one guy you should really watch out for And they have uh, Colin Moran Which Charles brought up And Brian Reynolds um, If you're going to look for anyone to get called up And do some stuff They have uh, Nick Gonzalez The second baseman And O'Neill Cruz But other than that, um, sorry, Pirates fans. Nothing uh, nothing to look forward to this season besides those young guys. In fourth place, I actually thought about this before we started recording, and I made a switch. In fourth place, I have the Chicago Cubs. Mm. Um, I think this team is really depressing because we kind of see the direction they're going in. Um, I think they're going to be solid at the deadline. Uh, I just think their pitching is really suspect, like – Kyle Hendricks is a really good number one guy, but then look at everyone else. You have Jake Arietta as your number two. Like, yeah, Jake Arrieta might be a number two, like maybe five years ago, five, four years ago, but it's 2021. Um, I don't think he's a number two guy anymore. Zach Davies is number three, and I'm just going to end it there because I'm just like, who? I'm sorry, Cubs fans. I just don't know. Um, their bullpen isn't that greedy. They have Craig Kimbrell, and uh, didn't he struggle last season? Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Brandon Workman from Boston, and Andrew Chafin. Those are like kind of like their top three guys in the bullpen. I just I don't believe in the bullpen. I don't believe in the pitching. However, though, they do have a really good lineup with Ian Happ, Contreras, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Jock Peterson, Javi Baez, El Mago, um, Jason Hayward, and David Bode. I think this team's is really gifted offensively, but that pitching is going to hold them back so much. And like I said, sells so at the deadline. I think it's just going to all go downhill from there. Um, so that leaves the third-place team, the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, they don't really have pitching either besides, like, Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray in that rotation. But their bullpens, actually, like, I was I was taking a look at it. It's kind of better than I originally thought. They have Amir Garrett, Michael Lorenzen, Lucas Sims, and Sean Doolittle. I think that makes for a pretty decent bullpen. And they got um, Cam Bedrosian and Noit Ramirez, who were both uh, bullpen arms in the Angels. And they're pretty reliable, honestly. They're serviceable arms. The Reds lineup really let everyone down last season, myself included. But I do expect them to have a better season. They have Jesse Winker, Nicholas Castellanos, Joey Votto, Eugenio Suarez, Mike Mustakis, and Nick Senzo. And I think it makes for a pretty good lineup. It's gonna be really close between the Cubs and the Reds. Honestly, like a couple of wins might separate them. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say the Reds finish in third, just by a little bit though, not by a lot. In second place, and this is probably the uh, the hot take, but I have the St. Louis Cardinals in second.
2: Yeesh.
0: <laughs> like, I feel like they, they need a little bit more to be a really good team. Yeah. Um, let's start with the rotation. Jack Flaherty, amazing. But then after that, you have Adam Wainwright, Carlos Martinez, uh, Miles Mikolas, Quan Hyung Kim. Like, it doesn't really scream like. It doesn't scream an amazing rotation. Their bullpen's good. Alex Reyes, Ryan Helsley, Jordan Hicks, who throws heat. He throws like 100-101. Um, Andrew Miller, he's on the he's on the Cardinals. And uh, Giovanni Gallegos. I took a little bit of a deeper look into their lineup, and I don't think it's that good. Honestly. Yes, they got Nolan Arenado to compliment Paul Goldschmidt. And they have Tommy Edmond, who I'm kind of high on, and Harrison Bader. But, like... The rest of the team, like, we got Paul DeYoung, Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, Justin Williams, and an aging Yadier Molina. Like, I just, like, I don't know. I'm not completely sold on this lineup, you know, aside from, like, two or three guys. I can't count out the Cardinals because they're an annoying little team that always finds a way to hunt for a playoff spot. So it wouldn't surprise me if they win the division, but I'm just, I'm not picking them as my winners which leads me to my number 1 team being the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh. I think this team has some solid pitching despite never making a move to kind of make it better. Like you said, Brandon Woodruff, I think he's a top 50 player in baseball. I think he's got the the nastiest stuff, or one of the nastiest. I, he's he's just a beast. Corbin Burns also really good. Adrian Hauser had a really good nice 2020. After that, they have Brett Anderson and Freddie Peralta. And by the way, I think Freddie Peralta might be better in the bullpen. But yeah, I think it's a fairly good to strong rotation. But it's the bullpen where the Brewers really shine because they probably have the best one two punch in the bullpen with Josh Hader and Devin Williams. Brent Suter is also another really good like back of the end rotation guy, or rotation bullpen guy. So, yeah, that bullpen's really, really strong, and it makes up for the kind of average four and five guys. Their lineup is also pretty good. Not like they don't have the flashy names, besides like Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Kane, they got Jackie Bradley Jr., they have Colton Wong, and Keston Hira. Like, it, the problem with the Brewers is they're not going to really attract a lot of people because they don't have the flashiest names outside of Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Kane. But I think they're really well-balanced teams with uh, with their pitching and, like, good defense, good offense, good pitching. And I just think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good enough to win in this division, especially considering that this division's not that strong. So to recap, the Brewers first, Cardinals second, Reds third, Cubs fourth, and Pirates fifth. So that takes us to our final division. These two guys, Charles and Dario's favorite divisions, the National League West. And representing the National League West... Is gonna be the fan of the defending world champions, Los Angeles Dodgers. Go ahead, Charles. Take it away. I'll never get tired of hearing that Mickey Mouse ring. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Uh,
1: yeah, I'll, ne- I'll never get tired of hearing that. And uh, yeah, I can't. I can't complain. This was kind of easy. I mean, a lot of the teams. I was telling Steven, a lot of the teams in in baseball right now, the last place picks are super easy. They really, they're really there. They're, they're last for a reason and. Coming in at last in the division is going to be the Rockies, dude. Colorado is just, they haven't been good in a while. Probably like three years, Our maybe four. Were,
0: you know it's weird? They played you guys for uh, in the tiebreaker and, for and the NLS. What's funny yeah. is that last that
1: wasn't year, that long ago. Th- this was the only team that beat the Dodgers in a full set. The only team to take a full series off the Dodgers was the Rockies. Romel Tapia, Charlie Blackman, Trevor Story, C.J. eh, Crone, if in there. Brendan Rodgers, Elias Diaz, Herman Marquez. I mean, there's not, like, anything that, like, I mean, Antonio Sensatella. I mean, there's not a lot popping off the page for me. And, honestly, the fact that they got rid of pretty much their best player and what? And and cash. And cash. (laughs) Like, they're literally just giving away, might as well give away the franchise at this point. Like, it's one of those things where, yeah, it sounds dramatic, but they really they sold the barn, dude. It, it's bad. Coming in at fourth, and I kind of backed this up for probably a couple years, Um honestly, the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks look to bounce back uh, from a pretty bad 60-game season, but honestly, in 162 games, Madison Bumgarner being your number one pitcher is not what you want. Maybe four years ago, maybe, maybe even three years ago he was great I remember watching him here in the Bay playing against the Dodgers and dude he was still hurling it at people's heads challenging Joe West behind the plate and still the <laughs> mad dog attitude that you know Giants fans come to love but yeah, man, something happens no. yeah something happened man I, there's nothing really to be excited about Kettle Marte and Cole Calhoun are probably my favorite Diamondbacks right now and honestly, Cole Calhoun is not even my favorite Diamondback. He's my favorite Angel. Wow. That got traded away. Okay, I mean, okay. I'll, I'll say, I'll uh, say uh, that. There's, there's oh, just lots of... Wow.
2: Wow. <laughs> lots wow. Of I like
1: it. Um, Peralta's good. Uh, Cabrera's good. Nick is pretty good. Um, I don't know who the hell Carson Kelly is. I'm not going to lie. Sorry, dog. Pretty good catcher, I think. Um, But I don't see them beating out the San Francisco Giants for third place. Um, The San Francisco Giants just play the Dodgers extremely hard. This is why I always like saying that they're going to be in third place. I can put them even at second, but I mean, in the past two years, watching the the Padres just build up a super team almost, uh, there's not much I can really do to back up the Giants becoming that good. They do have Tommy Boy from the Angels, which, I mean, I watched Tommy LaSalle with the Angels, and he was one hell of a player. Mm-hmm. Donovan Solano, Mike Estremsci, Alex Dickerson. Shout-out Buster Posey. Happy birthday, brother. Um, Happy birthday, Brandon Belt. Brandon Crawford was is kind of underperforming the past couple years. Mauricio Dubon, Kevin Gossman, Johnny Cueto. Honestly, like, I... I this is... It's funny, because Dario said this a while back, but... Pretty much, we the Dodgers and and Giants have been swapping players like nothing. I mean, going back to Jackie Robinson, I mean that's one of those things where um, you know, like Alex Wood, Jake McGee, those are guys are gonna be really good to be putting in. And could could give the Dodgers a run for their money in something. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I can I I think they have a pretty good team um, regardless. Um, coming in second, and obviously to me the. Being a Dodger fan, this is a fifty percent bias and fifty percent just what it is. The San Diego Padres, San Diego Padres are one hell of a team on paper. They have yet to actually play a full season together, but if oh, you right. if you look at it, you Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, Chris Paddock, Drew Pomeranz. I mean, Drew Pomeranz was really great with. Who's with the, the Giants? Yeah,
0: he's definitely dude. He shined out in the bullpen. Uh, then yeah, compared to as a starter,
1: he's great coming out of the bullpen. Emilio Pagan, yeah, and pretty, then you get Renaissance for him, dude. That's just the rotation itself. <laughs> that's just pitching. Then you have the the offense and the defense. I hate Trent Grisham, but he's good. <laughs> Fernando Tatis is just a star. Beats. What what else can you really say about Fernando Tatis besides? That's gonna be the face of baseball in the next for the next five years. I mean, they signed a what a fourteen-year deal? Crazy, nuts.
0: Well, he's younger than us. Yeah. Well, he's twenty-one, huh? Yeah.
1: It's crazy. Manny Machado, even though I don't like the dude, he's still great at third base. Has a cannon for an arm. Eric Hosmer, I, I'll will go over that guy. Will Myers, <laughs> Tommy Pham, Jake Cronenworth, Austin Nola. I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> but you put look look the top the top 5 probably probably the, the top 3 rotation in baseball and you put Austin Nola behind the plate they had to have had addressed that at some point maybe he got better maybe he he has a better defense and a better offense but the dude has shown nothing but Bad
0: play in the past two seasons. You could have just gone over him like Eric Cosmer. I, I
1: couldn't. Eric Ho- don't. Eric Cosmer is good, but Eric Cosmer just he rubbed me the wrong way.
0: I was looking forward to this little part of this segment. It's I'll one know. of those,
1: and I'm, I'm an emotional guy, and and that's just the way I always played sports in general, and just the way I feel about him. But I mean, yeah, that's for me. That's just not where it's at. I mean. Austin Nolas is probably one of the worst catchers in the National League. Right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. But oh boy, that brings us back to the defending World Champions and nine-time. I'm calling it here, ladies. Nine-time National League West Division winners, Los Angeles Dodgers.
0: Wow, what a wait! Bro. Is that in oh, a, in a row? statement? Nine times in a a row. row. Oh, so they're going for the the, nine-peat. Because I'm pretty sure they've won it more than nine times. Yeah, no, no. For sure, for sure.
1: That's a fucking... That's like at least 30. Oh, yeah. I mean, aside from the the Giants being this... I mean, yeah. That's another story. But the Dodgers are pretty much like the Yankees as far as star-studded cast. Same thing with the Padres, star-studded cast. The difference between the Yankees and the Dodgers is being able to produce consistently and healthily. The fact that you can switch out any Dodger for a minor leaguer and get the same production, if not more, I mean, it's crazy. You switch out Will Smith for Austin Barnes, great. You switch out Austin Barnes for Caber Ruiz, great. Cody Bellinger, AJ Pollock, Chris Taylor, Max Muncie, Justin Turner, Corey Seager, Mookie Betts. Don't be surprised if the Dodgers go after Chris Bryant as well. Oh, shit. If the Dodgers win the World That's Se- actually really if the too. Dodgers win the World Series, there's gonna be a crazy amount of cat space and a crazy amount of revenue to go after big name players like Corey Seager, Cody Bellinger, Chris Bryant, and just assign them all. And you guys do not care about the luxury and tax. And we do not. We have broken the luxury tax every year since Magic Johnson and I. For, I forgot the name of the group that bought the, bought us from uh, from that f- terrible owner,
2: Frank McCourt.
1: Frank the McCourts were terrible. Watch a video. There's a video on on <laughs> YouTube. It's great. Um, yeah, but. Uh, Yeah, it's it's crazy how how you can plug and play so many of our minor leaguers into our starting lineup. I mean, we don't even have, you know, DJ Peters. We don't even have Corey Kniebel. We don't even have – it's crazy. I'm not even going to continue going because this is going to take too long because I'm just going to gush all over it. But, I mean, the the starting rotation is Clayton Kershaw, Walker Brewer, Trevor Bauer, David Price is coming back. And then we have Julio Arias, which he can also be a closer in some certain situations, which we saw in the past playoffs where he went, what, he went 4-0, 5-0? Dude, crazy. Kenley Jensen's looking to come back and try to bring up his speed back up at least in MPH, but, I mean, I it's not that I don't have any faith, but I, he's it's kind of like you, you don't want to put too much faith into him. But he did great. He did great. He's doing good stuff right now, but... Pretty much the summation is that the Dodgers are going to win. That's kind of it. That's all you got to know. So, I mean, okay. Back to you.
2: Simple, easy, to the point. I like it. I like it. Okay. Well, we have pretty much the same. Oh, actually, we do have the same uh, division. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, uh, I have in number five, I have the Colorado Rockies. Uh, They don't really have anything uh, coming up. In the major leagues, uh, of note, they have Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman. They have Steven's old friend, CJ uh They have Ryan McMahon, Mel Tapia. In the starting pitching uh, rotation, the only really good player is Herman Marquez. They have Jonathan Gray, but of course, you know, the Colorado Rockies' uh, Coors effect is real. Uh, these guys, they would probably pitch a lot better away from Coors. The world may never know. Uh, they also have uh, Antonio Cinzatella, uh who you know is finally coming up with the Rockies. You know maybe he can give them something uh, in the bullpen. They have Daniel Bard, uh, Robert Stevenson, Carlos Estevez, uh, Ben Bowden, Jordan Sheffield, um, but you know nobody really to inspire a whole lot of confidence in the Colorado Rockies coming up. Um, they didn't really get a whole lot for the big Nolan Arenado trade. In fact. They probably gave up more in dealing him than they got back. Yeah, terrible deal for them. And you know, they're gonna pay the price. And they still wanna pay Trevor Story for some reason instead of trying to trade him away. But we'll see what happens there. We'll keep you updated here. And in number four, you got the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, You know, not not a very good uh, 60 game season for them last year. Not a very good season for their big acquisition, uh, Madison Bumgarner. Who, for the past few years already, ever since his 2017 injury, has been trending downward with the velocity, trending downward with the results. It's a good thing for him that he got to cash out uh, now, and even better for us, uh, the Giants, that he did it with a division rival. Uh, so happy for him. In their starting lineup, they have guys like David Peralta still. They have Ketel Marte, Eduardo Escobar. You know Carson Kelly. Uh, you know their starting catcher. The guys to watch here of course are David Peralta, Catel Marte, uh their top two guys. Uh Nick Ahmed as well, hoping to recapture some of that magic they had a few years ago. But you know, they're not a very not a very heavy hitting lineup despite playing in a very hitter friendly ballpark. And their bench is is pretty pretty well stacked. You know, they have Steven Vogt, uh catcher slash outfielder, mostly catcher, Giants legend, uh, very well liked around the league. Has a very good uh, NBA referee impression. Uh, you guys should check it out if you ever get the chance. They have Asdrubal Az- Cabrera. Asdrubal Cabrera for our friends. I like that. Friends. He's in there, you know, going to spell their infielders from time to time. They have Tim LoCastro, one of the fastest players in baseball. Uh, sh- shout out to Foolish Baseball for producing a video on him. Hell uh, yeah. They <laughs> yes sir, yes sir. And they also have as a non-roster invitee, Clay Thompson's little brother Trace Thompson, came up with the Los Angeles Dodgers a few years back, but injuries have sidelined him. Uh, so here's hoping he can come in, you know, maybe regain a little bit of that ability. And but besides that, they don't really have much to get excited over. Once again, it wasn't too long ago that they were up there with the Dodgers and and the Rockies, you know, playing for uh, for division titles and playing for, uh, you know uh playoff berths that kind of thing um but those days might quickly be over already uh their best starting pitcher is madison bumgarner uh and you know he is not all that great anymore uh, they got luke weaver in there uh merrill kelly caleb smith taylor clark you know a lot of a lot of unknowns a lot of guys who haven't really shown too much at the major league level uh in in the bullpen they have their biggest name is joaquin soria about to turn 37 you know, but once again, their bullpen isn't isn't all that much to write home about, um, especially playing in that bandbox known as as Chase Field. I keep getting it mixed up with Coors Field, um, but that's because it's kind of the same sort of cavernous, uh, really just hitter-friendly ballpark. Uh, they're not going to be good enough to surpass the number three team in the NL West, my San Francisco Giants. Last couple of years, they've made. A couple of decent pushes, you know, almost made the playoffs in 2020. Uh, 2019, they had that really nice July that kind of held them off from selling at the deadline. Kind of poorly timed, I guess, if you ask certain people. But who knows? I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. We all enjoyed it. So, you know, that was great. Uh, But, you know, in third place, they're going to take a minor step forward. Um, They have a really great lineup. Um, They're not going to, you know, blow you away with huge, like, batting average or, like, home run statistics. But, you know, they have really solid guys. They can put the ball in play. They can, you know, get a lot of hard hits, get a lot of runs. Um, You know, they have, you know, Tommy LaStella, Angels legend, Steven. You know, you know that guy. We got him from Oakland uh, on a 2 deal. Great deal there. Uh, You know, we got Mike Yastrzemski, you know, new MVP candidate. He's been showing out. You know, 2019 came up, relative unknown. 2020 kind of solidified it. 21, you can say that's going to be, like, his prime year. Uh, you got Donnie Barrels in there, Alex Dickerson uh, right there in a platoon. Uh, you know, Buster Posey coming back after sitting out 2020 due to COVID, due to, you know, getting his newborn adopted children. Very beautiful story. Uh, he's back. You can, they still got Longo there, Brandon Crawford, Mauricio Dubon. And their bench, too. They have a really solid bench. Uh, you know, they got Brandon Belt there platooning at first base with Wilmer Flores and Tommy Listella you got Darren Ruff out there the in the outfield you got Austin Slater you know who's been showing great things recently um you know fulfilling that promise hopefully we can see him show out get a bigger role as the season progresses um you know a big question for them is going to be a starting pitcher uh, after Kevin Gosman uh you know who's by default you know going to be their ace for the season their opening day pitcher uh, they got Johnny Cueto who you know from uh between innings 1 and 6 Still Johnny Cueto, but after that, you know, he, you know, third time through the order is a real thing for him. They got Logan Webb. They got some question marks there with Anthony Desclafani, and they also got Aaron Sanchez, who not too long ago was one of the league le- American League leaders in earned run average. So hopefully, you know, with the, with the pitching coaches we got here, the coaching staff, uh, they can get some of these guys right. They can... They can get you know good production out of them if for nothing else to uh, kind of flip them at the deadline. Uh, that's kind of been uh, Farhan Zaidi's moves. Uh, that's kind of what they've been trending towards: is having a lot of roster flexibility, uh, not having a lot of dead money. They finally got um, the Shark Jeff Samarja's money off the books uh, after this season. They got Brandon Belt coming off Brandon Crawford, Buster Posey, Ivan Longoria for another year or two, I believe. But after that, you know they don't really have anybody same long term so you know they could they they have a lot uh to think about after 2021 uh but one thing that's going to be a strength for them is going to be their bullpen uh they have guys like Reyes Moronta coming back from Tommy John surgery they got Tyler Rogers submarine pitcher uh they got Harleen Garcia Wandy Peralta and they also have uh, Jake McGee coming in from the Los Angeles Dodgers hopefully like we said the pitching pitching coaches and you know the coaching staff they can help him regain some of that momentum that he had with that great fastball of his. Uh Reyes Moronta, another great fastball pitcher. Tyler Rogers, uh great moving stuff. Uh Harleen Garcia, electric, you know, they they're not gonna challenge for the division title, I'll tell you that right now. Uh but they're you know, they're gonna surprise a lot of people out there. They're gonna they're gonna put together a good run of games. They got a very solid lineup. Uh they got a bullpen that, you know, it's kind of sneaky good. I can see them getting in there in third place in the National League West, and that'll be a really big step up for them, uh, considering, you know, from the second half of 2016 up to, like, 2020. And in second place, uh, you know, huge dogfight at the top, uh, but I don't think second place goes to anybody else but the San Diego Padres. Uh, They have a great, great lineup with Fernando Tatis Jr., they have Manny Machado in there, Eric Cosmer. They got Tommy Pham from the Rays recently, Will Myers, uh, Trent Grisham. You know, a great young talent. Great young talent all up and down the lineup, actually. Like, their, their oldest player, is Tommy Pham, who they just got. Uh, you know, and it's hard to believe, but Will Myers is 30 already. You know, they're, their starting pitching is great. They just picked up Hugh Darvish and Blake Snell. That's just insane. For, you know, for, for this division in general, it's going to be... It's going to be a lot of competition at the top. So you have Hugh Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, not to mention Chris Paddock, one of their top pitching prospects in their whole system. Uh, their bullpen is great too. Drew Pomeranz, Emilio Pagan. They got Mark Melanson, uh, old Giants friend. I wouldn't say Giants legend, but uh old friend. Uh, so, you know, they got Craig Stammen in there as well. So they're hoping to make some noise. Uh, they're hoping to build off a short season uh, playoff berth last year. A lot of people felt like they arrived. A lot of people feel like they got a lot better and they were already one of the best teams last year. Um but of course, uh there are going to be no match for the first team in the division and arguably the first team in all of baseball, uh the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um the Rich got richer after winning a finally a World Series championship uh first time since 19- Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. The first <laughs> first time since uh 1988. You know, the Giants have won three in that span the last decade, but whatever. <laughs> 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 um, the first team of the division is gonna be the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, they have that great lineup with Mookie Betts at the top. They got Corey Seeger, Justin Turner's back, Cody Ballinger, you're gonna have to sign him pretty soon, Will Smith, uh, Max Muncy. AJ Pollock. Pollock, and of course the rookie Gavin Lux. You know, a lot of promise there. Um, they they, now they have Chris Taylor coming off the bench, you know, which is great, you know, great talent there. They have Austin Barnes at catcher off the bench as well. Uh, they have Edwin Reels coming up, uh, Zach McKinstry, Matt Beatty. I mean, wherever you look, uh, you can, you can find a guy that you can plug into the starting lineup. No trouble. You know, their big, their big acquisition this year was of course, uh, Trevor Bauer, uh, Cy Young award winner from the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, one, one can say that, uh, it was a little bit assisted by foreign substances. Uh, I guess one can say, when I say one can say, I mean Trevor Bauer can say, because uh, he's kind of said so himself, that he's been using that kind of stuff, like on the, do- on the down low. You look at the uh, spin rate numbers from one year to the next, uh, there's definitely a correlation. But besides that, they also have uh, Clayton Kershaw, uh, you know, a great, great pitcher, one of the greats the game has ever seen. There's Walker Bueller, a uh, great young uh, stud coming up. Uh he showed out last year. Julio Rias, David Price is back. Um, their bullpen is of course still very strong. They have Kenley Jansen, Blake Trinan, uh, Corey Knebel, Dustin May. They're they're just wow, as a Giants fan, I hate to say this, but you know, they're they're definitely gonna be in contention for a good couple years to come as well after this. But for this year, they will finish in first place in the division. Uh so all in all Uh, you know, going back to going back to like ninth grade English, you know, finish your paragraphs with all in all. But um, yeah. So we have in first place the Los Angeles Dodgers, in second place the San Diego Padres, in third place my San Francisco Giants, fourth you got the Arizona Diamondbacks, and in fifth place the Colorado Rockies.
0: Wow, wow, wow! This is a very easy division to call because we all have the same. Spoiler alert, we all have the same standings, so I'm just going to rapid fire these because you guys did an excellent job covering it, and you guys definitely know more about this division than I do, so here we go. Like I said, fifth place, we got the Colorado Rockies. Pretty easy luck. Um, Their starting pitching consists of Herman Marquez, John Gray, and Kyle Freeland, all three guys that I can see being dealt, or at least, like, one of them, so I expect them to trade him to teams like the twins the cardinals the brewers or the angels um in the bullpen they have daniel bard michael gibbons and robert stevenson if you want to look up those guys and then offensively trevor story who is gonna i think he's a free agent after this year um
2: or something yeah
0: yeah so they might even they might deal him at the deadline uh charlie blackman and cj crone so yeah uh Colorado i'm sorry fifth place in fourth place, the Arizona Diamondbacks. They actually have a pretty, uh, pretty nice rotation. Um, I'm really high on Zach Gallen. He's expected to return from injury in late April. Whoops, my bad. Um, Luke Weaver. Um, is eh, all right. Madison Bumgarner. I think he's way too good to to stay as bad as he was last year, and I expect him to bounce back. And they have Caleb Smith, so that bullpen is god awful. I think that actually might be the worst bullpen in baseball. But here's some guys to look out for. You got Joaquin Soria. You got Stefan Krichton. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Kevin Ginkle. I'm sorry Arizona but you guys have some weird ass last names for your players. Stolo. I think they have a pretty like good question mark lineup. They got David Peralta, Cattell Marte, Eduardo Escobar, and Cole Calhoun who's expected to return mid-April. So there's definitely some guys there that can produce. And with a pretty good rotation, I can even see them um, sneaking up to third place. But a guy to watch out for, you got Tim LaCastro, a.k.a. the fastest man on the planet. You already shouted him out, but I'm going to shout him out one again, Foolish Baseball. If you guys haven't seen that video, go ahead and watch it. That's a guy who steals first base. All right, in third place, not the most exciting team in the world, but I like them. We got the San Francisco Giants, who might be a sneaky team to finish around the 500 mark. Their rotation isn't crazy. They got Kevin Gosman, Johnny Cueto, Alex Wood, and Aaron Sanchez. who are all serviceable. The bullpen doesn't really have any flashy names, but here are some guys to look out for. Reyes Moranta, my guy. I've seen that guy like warm up right in front of my eyes. That guy's a beast. Uh, Tyler Rogers, the sidearm, Mike Trout counter. You got Matt Whistler and Jake McGee, like Dario brought up from the Dodgers. They still have some old guys in the lineup like Buster Posey, who I still think is a good player. Um, they got Brandon Belt, who I think is going to have a hard time replicating what he did last season, and Brandon Carver who just isn't the same player. But I'm still really high on some other guys like Mike Yastrzemski, Donovan Solano aka Donny Barrels, you got Alex Dickerson, Omar Flores, and this sneaky good pickup in Tommy Listella. That guy never strikes out, he always puts the ball in play, I love that guy, wish him the best. Um, watch out for their two um, top prospects in Joey Bart and Heliot Ramos. I think those guys are going to be beasts and you guys should watch out for them. And in second place, the winners of the offseason. They'd win any other division in baseball, but unfortunately they are in this one. And here we go. And you know what? Hey, Who's to say they don't win this division? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. I'm just not going to be the hot take guy for this one. But they're legit World Series contender. Uh, they have the rotation of Hugh Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, Chris Paddock. Uh, Denilson LeMet? How do you say that first name? Mackenzie yeah. Gore? Uh, I think their bullpen's kind of the weak spot. They got people like Drew Parmans, Emilio Pagan, and Mark Melanson. Not anything to, like, get excited over. But the lineup is disgusting. Like Charles said, Trent Grisham, Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, Eric Cosmer, Tommy Pham, Will Myers, and Drake Conan It's pretty solid. And to wrap it all up, we got the first place team. The easiest Prediction out of literally anything, maybe besides like the last place, like Rangers and Rockies, is the Los Angeles Dodgers. They might even be one of the best teams I've ever seen in my lifetime. They got a rotation of Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, uh, Walker Bueller, Julio Riaz, David Price. That's just unfair. Bullpen Kelly Jensen, Blake Chinon, Bruce Dark, Cradwell, Dustin May, Tony Gonson, and Kohli Knievel. That's not fair. And then their lineup. Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, Justin Turner, Max Muncy, Will Smith, Cody Bellinger, AJ Pollock, and Gavin Lux, and that's not even touching the bench. That is unfair. I'm tell I um I told Charles every time it's something they drink. It's something in their water. I swear. Cause like whenever someone gets called up, they always produce, and it's annoying. And Charles is like, Oh my god, look, look at our top press. I'm like I get it, dude. You guys produce. It must be nice. But yeah, I always hear this guy gushing over his players. <laughs> It's they're an easy World Series pick, so let's go ahead and do the playoffs. Um, I'm going to do rapid fire. I'm just going to do a quick recap of my playoff teams. So in the American League, I have the number one seed being the Chicago White Sox um, in the Central, and the number two seed I have the New York Yankees, and the number three seed I have the Houston Astros. So those are the division winners and the wild card teams. The first wild card team I'm going to have the Minnesota Twins, and the second wild card team I'm going to have the Tampa Bay Rays. Now let's just go over the National League real quick. My first seed is pretty obvious, it's going to be the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, my second seed is going to be the Atlanta Braves coming out of the East, and then my third seed is going to be the Milwaukee Brewers coming out of the Central. So my two wildcard teams, I think it's pretty easy. Wildcard 1, the San Diego Padres, and wildcard 2, the New York Mets. So it's going to into the wildcard round uh, between the Rays and the Twins. Um, the Rays are at the Twins and I have the Minnesota Twins finally. Breaking their drought and moving on to the next round for the National League Wild Card. It's gonna be so good. The New York Mets versus the San Diego Padres in a one game. Yep. In a one, it's just one game, one game, and it's the Padres at home. I think the New York Mets are gonna win because Jacob Degrom in a one game that determines everything. They're gonna win. It's like it's gonna be what Jacob Degrom versus uh, Darvish De- or Snell. It's
1: gonna be either Blake Snell or Denison Lamette.
0: LaMette? Yeah. You'd, you'd put LaMette well, to the start prob- the prob- but the, but the yeah. one game though. The
1: problem here is that Dennis and lamet is going to be coming off of an injury this, se- this past yeah, season. Yeah, but you
0: got Darvish and Snell. How do you not start those two guys? That's true. So who knows? Uh, anyways, I have the Mets winning regardless. Okay, so the division series, we have the Minnesota Twins visiting the Chicago White Sox, and I have the Chicago White Sox beating them and moving on to the championship series. And the Houston Astros versus the New York Yankees, two teams that I despise with the Yankees hosting them, and I have the Yankees winning. So for the National League side, we have the Mets and the Dodgers in a best of five with the Dodgers hosting them, I have the Dodgers beating the Mets. And we have the Brewers and the Braves with the Braves hosting them, I have the Braves winning. Now moving on to the top four teams, the championship series. We have the Yankees visiting the White Sox, and I have the White Sox making the World Series. And in the National League, we have a rematch between the Atlanta Brains and the Dodgers. I have the Dodgers moving on, shocker to the World Series. So here we go, my World Series matchup for the 2021 season: the Chicago White Sox versus the Los Angeles Dodgers. Should be an amazing series. I can see it going in six games. But the Los Angeles Dodgers are going to be repeat champions. I'm sorry. That was anticlimactic. Go ahead, Charles. It's, it's your playoffs. Yeah, so, I mean, that was a great outcome. Uh,
1: <laughs> so, in the AL, I'm going to have the Yanks being first uh, with the best record. I'm going to have the White Sox coming up next. The Astros going in third. And then having the Angels in the first wild card. Season, and then the Rays in the second. For the National League, I have the Dodgers. Easy pick. I have the Braves. And then I have the Cardinals. Uh, wild Card is going to be padres match, just like Steven had them. With I have the Padres actually taking it in a single-game series. I have the Angels beating the Rays in a single-game series and making it to the MLD or ALDS.
0: Bro, you're more of a fan than I am, I swear. Where they play the Yankees.
1: Yikes. Which Uh-oh. is tough for me because, yeah, it's the Yankees. Um... And then I have the Dodgers playing the Padres and the Cards playing the Braves. So the world, so the world. uh, And then I have the White Sox playing the Astros. White Sox are going to take it. against the Yankees, White Sox, Dodgers, Braves. Pretty much the same thing. Um, The only difference is that I have the Yankees beating the White Sox and going to play the Los Angeles Dodgers. No surprise here. I have the Dodgers winning the first Yankees-Dodgers World Series in this decade, in this century, actually. So, back-to-back, back, finally a claim to fame. God, we're so boring. And I can rest.
2: That's cute. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all
2: right, all right. So, very interesting predictions from both of my guys over here. Very anticlimactic endings. Um, so, moving on to me, I have. I'm going to start with the National League. Uh, Dodgers, the first seed, of course, uh, followed by the Cardinals, the Braves. Those are your division winners. My two wildcard teams, I don't think is any surprise, are the Padres and the Mets in that order. Home game for the San Diego Padres. Um, In the American League, we have the Yankees with the first overall. We got the White Sox, number two, Astros as the third division winner. And the Twins getting the first wildcard slot, and the Rays getting the second. In the National League playoffs, we have the Padres beating the Mets. That's the wild card round. In the division series, we're gonna have the Dodgers against the Padres and the Cardinals against the Braves. The bar- the Dodgers will beat the Padres and the Cardinals will beat the Braves, leaving a National League Championship series of the Dodgers versus the Cardinals. Um, this is where I said that the Cardinals are kind of like a sneaky team, but yeah, they're gonna get in there and the Dodgers are gonna beat them. So the Dodgers are gonna make the World Series once again. And from the American League side, the Twins. And the Rays, I believe that the Twins are going to beat the Rays, uh, regular season baseball teams, uh, coming down to one game. And they're going to face the Yankees in the National League Division Series, in which the Twins will still be unable to get past the Yankees. And in the other side of the American League bracket, we have the White Sox and the Astros. In the other Division Series, uh, the White Sox will beat the Astros. In the championship series, the White Sox will prove to be too inexperienced and will fall to the New York Yankees. And in the World Series, we got the very icky and very gross Dodgers versus Yanks Uh, World Series. However, I have the Yankees beating the Dodgers in seven games. You did it! You did it!
0: You real did it. Damn. Okay.
2: You guys are so boring. You know, (laughs) surprises. Surprises abound. Well, actually, i I originally had the Cardinals like beating the Dodgers, um, but that was when there honestly were, that was when there were eight teams in the in the
0: playoff picture. Dude, it, um, we were at the edge of our seats right now when you were kind of talking the NLCS. We were like, "Oh no, he's gonna do it! He's gonna do it!" And then like you took like a like a little one eighty.
1: That'll be interesting though. I think I think Chicago versus Dodgers is more interesting. Oh hell yeah, it is. Yankees versus Dodgers is definitely the like the. I mean, they've said that for the past three seasons that it's going to be the Yankees I don't want to Dug. see that. And honestly, even though I don't want to see it, it's going to happen.
0: I'm a Yankees doubter this year. Really? Well, well I mean, I obviously have them as a... Who it? second. <laughs> well, it's just, I don't know. I just... I, I, I'm, like not, I'm second, not a believer. Yeah. I, think, I just think the White Sox are the best team coming out of the American League. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our first episode this was a long episode probably to be the longest one we ever record because we had so much content coming out we actually took a lot of time to prepare for this um a lot of behind the scenes stuff we've been working on so i really appreciate you if you stuck around to the very end make sure to follow us on twitter at chalk it up show um you get to interact with us ask any questions all that fun jazz and we will see you in like a week, a week and a half. We'll, we'll see. Yeah,
1: yeah, week, week and a half. It was great talking to you guys. It was great to be here. Uh, I love to share sports. It's and a good first show. I hope sure. to do it more, you know? Absolutely. And can't wait.
0: All right. So thank you, everyone,
2: for stopping by. And we will see you And next time. Bye. Peace.